Fuck everybody except me. Hold on. I gotta go shut my door. What? What did you say? Did you say you had to go? Oh, he has to poop. Did he really just say that? Yeah, he said I gotta go shit. Did he actually? He, I think he said he had to do something, but I, I don't know if he... He said he had to make stinky. Yes. I don't think he has IBS like you do, so I don't I don't think he's like, I gotta drop it like it's hot right now. Hey, BJ. Yeah, what's up? In D&D... Oh my god. How would you balance a character that was basically like a floating fetus, but it was uh really, like, dangerous psychopathically. Are you wanting this to be a player character or an enemy for them to fight? A player character for now. That, do I really just give off the, like... You good there, Wes? What happened? Yeah, yeah. I, I said I had to go shut my door. Oh. oh. I thought you said you had to shit and then you just ran. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel like that's on me, dude, for giving you guys that impression. Like, man, oh, Wesson's the shit guy. Like, No, that's BJ, because BJ will be like, I gotta go and then he's out. <laughs> yeah. He he won't even explain sometimes, and then I'm the bad guy when he comes back, and I'm like, so what was that? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, no, I just would like to know. I want me and Weston to both eat things that make us crap, and then see who can go the longest without crapping. It's like that guy off of TikTok where he just, he's got, like, veins popping out of his head, like, crying. <laughs> yeah, we'll literally play that game from Robot Chicken. Who poop rest? <laughs> who poop rest? <laughs> Real quick, who do you think would win? I don't know. It depends. Here's the thing. Weston loves prairie dogging it. So, Weston, I got my money on him. That is true. I take enjoyment in that. <laughs> yeah, no. See, I think you would beat me in the long run. It depends. Like, I can hold, like, hard poop for a while. I hate having to poop. Can we not talk about <laughs> excrement, please? I, I don't know about soft, dude. We're family, dude. This is a podcast going out to potentially <laughs> thousands of people, so... You're gonna edit out the poop stuff, right? No, this is start to finish we're uploading all this. <laughs> God. Surprise. Yeah, can we do a special unedited episode? We get canceled. You always want me to do the unedited. That's just a live stream at that point. No. It's true. <laughs> but before we start, I just want to put out there, whoever's listening, me and, well, Eddie should be fine, but me and Eddie both were out with some friends last night. It was like three in the morning when we were like, yeah, let's call it. And then we decided just not to go get some sleep. So we just stayed up last night and we watched Malignant. So... I don't know how I'm going to be throughout the episode. I think I'm good. I got a I got a gridlock here, courtesy of my friend Teresa, and I got a monster here, courtesy of my friend Nate. So, let me add, I stayed up to watch a football game, went to bed at like 11. Ooh, 11? So, I should be good. This is my second cup of coffee. I stayed up till 1 a.m. playing Forager. Highly recommended game, by the way. I'm halfway through this gridlock. Anyway. Is there anything else before we start? I don't have a recap right now, but by the time this goes out, we will have a recap. Yeah, one second. Let me do it real quick. <clears throat> Man, we're all so tired. I guess we'll perk ourselves up with a nice bang energy. Please sponsor us. Hey, like for real though, dude, I've been drinking one a day throughout the week. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm not. You're talking about bang, not one a day. Shut up. <laughs> Invite him in.
You shut up right now. Uh, also, ba- also, Bang Energy, please sponsor us. I mean, there's an independent wrestler who is sponsored by Bang, so that was pretty... A lot of people are sponsored by Bang. It is pretty sick, dude. Zero... Ca- I thought it was just, like, crappy product that they just paid a bunch of people to push. No, no, no. Like, it's one of the best energy drink, apparently. Well, for me, on my diet... It's got creatine. Bang has zero cal... Like, I'm actually... I feel like I'm doing an ad read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unpaid. But, like... For real, unpaid. This like I'm just like zero calories and zero sugar. So when I'm on a calorie count instead of a Red Bull, which Red Bull sponsored me as well. Yeah, but until they give us money, drink hand sanitizer anyway. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Like it just works out for me throughout the week. <laughs> you know, just in in today's hectic lifestyle, I feel like Bang Energy is the best one for us. To- in these unprecedented times, <laughs> Bang comes in clutch. I really hope we get sponsored by Bang Energy or NordVPN. If you stay close to your mic, those dreams can come true. Just got to stay close to your mic. Agree. And we all know who I'm talking about right now. Shut up. Okay. And a one. Are we starting? (laughs) Are we doing this? Here we go. Last time on The Journey. You guys don't know this. You guys don't know what geography is. (laughs) We don't know what geography is? Are you telling me in your world there's never been a single person, like, leave this continent? I mean... Is this Earth? Like, is this all of whatever Earth we're on? Or is this just one big continent? Yes. There's more. (laughs) There's more. The camera opens up as it is slowly moving towards the mountains of gold inside the large cavern. Let's go ahead and defeat this dude. Do you think I am not the things I say I am? question is, why would someone need to lie? We cut to the beach where we see a bloodied Crispancho on his back after the blast. He's staring up at the cause of the blast as the energy disappears and we see in its place a giant mantis standing over an entire side of the island. Long dick, you inbred goldfish! A hand the size of Griffin's entire chest inside the palm of the hand lurches out of the gold to try and grab Griffin. (gasps) Oh. Do I know it's him? It has to be Thug Rock. Little fun thing. Um, Gold is actually highly conductive for electricity. (gasps) Woo! And the way that you have drawn these little mountains of gold, young Skavid... It's almost like a circuit. Oh my lord. Which is going to essentially trap us in a giant circle, and Thug Rock is either going to get his fat ass in here or get his fat ass out. (laughs) Both of you are going to need to get the fuck out of those gold piles. I will when it's my turn. (laughs) <laughs> BJ, are you in there? Are you Are you still- I'm in the pile. I mean, I can't leave. <laughs> no, you get out of there. I can't just leave. It's not- my, We're in combat. It's not my turn. I can't move out of my turn. What do you mean? You walk out of that pile. Get out of there. Get that thing out of there. Are we playing by the rules stage or no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean- You know, why do I care? Why- No, I- mm, Boggy, BJ, you might die. Yeah, 28 points of damage. Alright, so 28 times 6 is 168. Oh. Divided by two, I take 84 damage. Are you shitting me? I'm serious. (laughs) 
Unfair! Unfair! You didn't play by the rules! You and your crew will all die. I will strip your bodies of your possessions. I will scrape the flesh off your bones. And I will add them to my collection. <sighs> well, at least Thugrock is hurt! Bagyo, you are in a place not of this world right now. You feel like you're there, but you know that you're not. This place is the in-between. Uh, well, where am I? What? Oh, no. Frisk? I swear by the old gods, Frisk, you better get the fuck down here. And you better fix this right now. I will use every prayer that you have given me. You needn't help me with another thing, but I swear by the moon, you get down here and you fix this right now. As you say that, all of the weight of the ocean begins to fall on you. You fall to your knees, and then you fall to your back as you feel the pressure on you, and it makes you feel like you're going to die. It feels like it's right in your ear, Frisk's voice. You got something at the expense of others, and now you want someone at the expense of nothing. Ideally, as Howland is being crushed. To be fair to you, Howland, because you are giving up all your prayers, I'm not going to take it from you completely. But I have been worried about the Interceptor's light. <sighs> yep, there it is. Howland is going to, again, begrudgingly reach into his pocket, and he's going to grab out the light, slowly open his hand, but you can tell that Howland is quite literally fighting himself to let go of the Interceptor's light. And Howland just looks at Frisk dead in the eyes and just says, Take this fucking light, save him, and know that I will be back for it. God help you, Frisk. I will have this light again. Baggio, in your place, you were blinking like you were just fading into a deep sleep, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're falling, and you fall to the ground, and you think this is it, and then you wake up. <sighs> the ship is white, and it is made of bone. It begins to head towards the Osprey, with water falling off of it as they begin to raise the flag of Thug Rock's ship. Skull White. The sails! Ogres, turn them to the wind! Tonight you will feast on the wings of filthy falcon tomb humans. <laughs> yes. right. good tonight. No, I don't like that. <laughs> Fellas, it's time to sink his battleship. I hate you. Fight for board game!
The camera opens with a stillness. We see two Russian vessels on the shores of Skullcap Island heading towards each other. One yellowed by years of turmoil on the wooden boards of the Osprey, the other stained with aged blood and decay of the bones of Thug Rock's fallen enemies. His ship, Skull White, cuts through the water of his island. Thug Rock stands at the front of his ship, waving his flag of fangs and a crown. His burnt and sizzled flesh slowing him down, but doesn't seem to change his demeanor as he roars for his crew to charge the Osprey ship. Suddenly, the sounds of battle begin to ring loud as we hear the cries of both ships as they both draw nearer. We cut to the eyes of both captains on their ships. Captain Nikita Castor at the wheel with Illabark on her shoulders, her gritted teeth giving away her thoughts, and Captain Thugrock unblinking in the face of another battle he will add to his legacy. The battle begins as they both shift their swords towards one another with loud screams of war. We cut to the shore of Skullcap Island, where we see Howland, Griffin, and a very, very, very hurt Baggio. Wow, it's kind of hard to follow up. Oh. Oh. Did you time that? I do a lot of work for this podcast. That was good. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't draw attention. I, I, Weston, that's equivalent of looking at the camera while you're acting. I only made one video, and I did look at the camera. To set the scene, you guys have still not healed. Yeah, I'm looking at my thing right now, and we're fucked. Yep. Uh, we're fucked. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. It's absolutely true. Baggio's, like, holding the side of his head, and he's, like, stumbling around a little bit. You're still at one, aren't you? Yeah. Baggio's just like, uh... Isn't Griffin slowly unbecoming a chest, and isn't... Yeah, am I a chest still? You are a chest, but you have hands right now. And then Baggio, you are still invisible, but you do have a very burnt soot covering your body, so you're not completely invisible. Right. Howland, you're still a Muppet. Oh. Anger. What do we have to roll to make this go away? I think it's just (laughs) a time thing. No, because you rolled something and you rolled high... Which is why you've got arms right now. Oh. I mean, it is. It's a constitution saving throw. And I'll, I'll let... You know what? All three of you can roll one. I don't think Baggio... Let's go. Fuck. Thank you. God. Is that a nat 20? Fuck. <laughs> no, that's an unnatural 20. That's a 19. Yeah, that's a 19 plus one. For Griffin and Baggio, nothing changes. Still hands for a chest. Howland on a 20... Your Muppet figure, it changes. You turn back into Howland. You guys, Griffin and Baggio, you see the back of Howland. Wait, he's back to normal? Seemingly. Seemingly. Yeah. Can he just be Howland, but with Muppet hands? No. No, I'm going to guess it's Howland, but he's got the lines next to his mouth. Like a ventriloquist. So, what's the damage, David? What is it here? You turn around, Howland, and Griffin and Baggio, you see Howland, but his head is a Muppet head. Hey, hello! Uh, you, you feel alright, dude? Shh, shh, shh. Nobody say a word. I'm quite aware of my condition. They'll never guess it, huh? If anybody laughs, we're all gonna die. Alright, well, I'm still a fucking chest. Um, what, what's the play here? 
What what are we doing here? Well, Baggio is very near death. Uh, sorry. I'm, uh, not feeling quite too well. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a word with you later on about that. Oh, yes. Please, oh, please do if we're still alive. I'd love to. I'm not doing quite so well, and, uh, you're a fucking box. So, we're not exactly up to snuff right now. Especially to take on... Uh, that, evidently, and Howland is, like, motioning towards the massive pirate ship made of bones. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Real quick, out of game. Out of the game. We are fucked. We are coming out of this fort, right? People still fighting everywhere. We see this boat in the ocean. This bone-ish. Yeah, you see Skull White and the Osprey. It looks like they're playing a game of chicken with each other, about to uh, reach each other to start the battle. You guys are in the middle of the Skullcap Island by the fortress. There are still ogre encampments and pirates on the shores that are fighting. You see colorful explosions left, right, and center from cannons, and you also see wild magic traps going off. So it's just chaos right now. Oh, it's horrendous. Do we have any medic on our ship? That, that was going to say, Howland is, is looking at Baggio and Griffin, and Howland is just going to um, point to the Osprey, and he's going to say, Well, lads, I think that that, unfortunately, is probably our best bet of finding medicine right now. Um, has anyone seen the beaver? <laughs> Any Howland, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin tried not to smile, but he definitely, uh... You have a beak. How the fuck can you smile? Would I just open my beak then? Yeah, no, like, he can do the Garakrokrok equivalent. <laughs> he just... Griffin just makes a pog face. Yeah, that's how he <laughs> smiles. But that was a question, though. Is anyone... Like, that's legit. Have we seen the beaver? Is that... Do I still have control over that? Is he? Is he hanging out? Yes, you still have control over the beaver. The last place that you left it was on the shore of Skullcap Island. Can, can I see him? Is he is he still there? Uh, roll an investigation. Is he still alive? <laughs> Investigate to see the beaver as big as your fucking boat. A lot has happened. Uh, solid nine. You look towards where he dropped you off, and you don't see where he is. Is there any way I can call him? Yeah, sure. I th I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, what what would that be, sassy pants? Come here, beaver. Come here, beaver. Come on, beaver. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell. Well, you definitely called him. You had a charm monster thing on him. Do, what do you do to call him? When you've got something controlled like that, I would assume you could like mentally command it. You just have to think. I want the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Howland is just going to grab the sides of his head and concentrate really hard, and he's just going to be like, Beaver, Daddy needs you. <laughs> and then the, the bottom of his robe is slowly yeah. raising up. <laughs> yeah. I got your pirate ship right here, baby. <laughs> Daddy needs the beaver. But Howland is, like, concentrating really hard, holding his temples. You see the beaver come afloat into the water. Hell yeah. You see the back of him as he just emerges from the water, looking up. Fucking beaver's soaking wet, dude. It's a very wet beaver. <laughs> the way that a beaver's fur works, the water actually does not stay on them very long. It's got kind of a smell to it, too. Is that true? Yeah, that beaver smells kind of rank. <laughs> you tell me... 
<laughs> Tell me your beaver stinks. It's a stinky fucking beaver, dude. <laughs> the beaver submerges. It's oh. wet, stinky. <laughs> dude, no, 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 no. Pause, pause. <laughs> There's coffee everywhere. It's a fucking smelly oh. pussy, dude. <laughs> Beaver's gone. Bullshit it is. My fucking ass. Take my beaver and I'll fireball myself and die. DJ, you can't use your DM powers in anger. <laughs> Watch me. Shit, 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 shit. I'm so sorry, Weston. I never meant to hurt you. Oh, no, 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 no. Weston. <laughs> made him spit out his coffee. I went to go take his... <laughs> I went to go take a sip of my coffee, dude. And this guy's like, yeah, this beaver's coming out of the smelter. <laughs> There's coffee everywhere. Can we understand that I quite literally made Weston squirt over a beaver? Dude, there's coffee all over my keyboard. Dude, there's coffee all over my beaver. <laughs> I got coffee on my beaver. Uh, <laughs> it's commanded to come in and clean the pussy. Uh, oh. I might need, I might need a, wet, a wet one. Oh, it sounds like you already got one. Oh, hey. man, this, this beaver's making a mess, dude. I do not like this energy. <laughs> What's wrong, Deech? Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, dude. It's all over. What's the matter, Zim? Scared of beaver? It's all over the bottom of my head. <laughs> beaver. Beaver. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Thug Rock, ladies and gentlemen, you've been great. <laughs> over my phone? Over my monitor? What do you do, girl? No, I went to take a sip of my coffee and Ed said beaver. And Ed said something funny. Please. Come on, Wes, tell her, tell her about the beaver. Stinky beaver is what he said. <laughs> this is your husband. This is the man you married. You wanted this. Alright, alright. Are, are you good? I think so. It's all. You clean your mess? Yes. Good. Deej, are you okay? David is simmering. I'm not simmering. I'm just like, God, this pirate arc, it seems like it's been going forever. It has. We're here. Is it getting fired up? Because I want to get on the back of the fucking beaver and I want to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> the beaver has emerged from the water. It is floating in the shore, staring up at you. But you see in your vision as you zoom out, there is loads of chaos in between you and the beaver. Lots of wild magic traps, ogre encampments, and just fighting in general. It seems, boys, that we're gonna have to fight through some heavy loads to get to this smelly beaver. Now, I don't know. Oh, God, this is right in itself. All right, gentlemen, to the beaver. We're always running to the beaver, Eddie. Deej, how many shots do I have in my Now You See It arrow? It says it's, when it is fired, the arrow strikes something, the archer is teleported to wherever the arrow landed, the quartz tips breaks after three uses. You've already used one. So I got two more? You got two more, but if you use the third one, it breaks forever. Right. It says it must be replaced. Yeah, it must be replaced. So I could go get more. Yeah, from where? I, I probably the 10th shelf. Uh, you didn't get it from the 10th shelf. You got it from a Schrodinger frame. They're kind of a rare item. Ooh. So we won't use that. Well, I mean, you can. You just will have one more use of it is the problem. 
I think we can get to the beaver. Okay. Wait, will that teleport anyone who's holding on to me? Yeah, I think that's what we established uh, last time, too. Are you positive you want to use that to get on the beaver? No. No. What if I kill the beaver with it? Well, that would be that would be unfortunate. <laughs> you'd be really I mean, to be honest, you'd be slaying the beaver. We're not using that now. I... Are you guys just going to make a fucking break for it? Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, we're we're going to make a beeline to that beaver. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa. Can we establish is there some type of medical help for Baggio on the ship? I'm going to need I'm going to need some kind of help, guys. I would imagine on a military vessel the size of the Titanic that there would probably be somebody who has some kind of medical training. Please help. Okay, what if I just use my arrow to shoot us to the ship? I thought you were going to be like, what if I just use my arrow to shoot my <laughs> I want to establish how far away this fucking ship is. Okay, how far? How far? Pretty far. Yeah, you are in the middle of the Skullcap Island. To the shore, from where you are, is at least 200 feet. Then out to shore is another 300 feet, which is 500 feet. I would have to make you roll for the action. It's a football and a half. Okay, so the way that archery works in D&D is that there's a certain level that you have to hit. And you'd have to roll, like, basically a natural 20 if you want that. Ooh. And it's also now you see an arrow, so it's not like you just shoot it and then it's like, I'll just use it, I'll get a different one. You teleport to wherever that fucking arrow hit. Wherever it lands. Okay. No, okay, we're, fuck it, we're making a, a break for it. Get on the beaver. I don't have wings yet. Nope. So I'm just like chest with arms. So here's what I'm going to ask of you guys then. I'm going to need you guys to roll an athletics check for me. Done. I'm assuming this is to, like, dodge incoming fire or something? This is to see how fast you are. Well, wouldn't it be a group check, then, if we're all going together? No, because you guys are also going to have to dodge the wild magic traps that are in the middle. Right. So BJ's makes sense, because he's almost dead. Yeah. I'm half dead, yeah. Mine makes sense, because I just have arms. I have a 10, Baggio has a 6, and Howlin has... Minus 1... 16. So picture this. Howland, Baggio, and Griffin all in the front of the fortress. You guys say, let's fucking go for it. You start running. Let's dip. Griffin on his fist, just like one, two, three, trying to get over there. <laughs> Baggio limping, using his staff in order to get through the magic traps. I mean, I, c I can carry him. Right. I mean, you could have established that sooner, yeah. True. Probably. Howland is just weaving. He's floating back and forth. Athletics going faster. He is at least 50 feet ahead of you. Not even fair. I need BJ and Weston to roll a dexterity saving throw. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Woo. What, what, what do you mean, who? You rolled two dexterity saving throws. Damn Wait. That is true. Wait, why did it roll two? Yeah. And a 19. Alright, well, do the first one. Okay, 10. 10. Roll a d100. Oh, God. <laughs> He's dead, dude. Just let him have the fucking 19, dude. <laughs> He's already dead, dude. If he dies, this is on you. You're a piece of shit now, baby. <laughs> Wait, was there any advantage? 
Could you establish that? Did you have any, like, spend a key point or, like... I d he didn't establish that in the first place, so... It's too late. What's 51, Ditch? Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Bagyo, as you're running through it, like, your staff hits a wild magic trap in the sand, and there's a... <laughs> of turquoise light. Howland looks back as he hears the, uh, explosion. We hear the explosion. And above you, Bagyo, a small cloud appears and starts raining onto you. Oh. The cloud follows you. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. Well, at least now we can see him. <laughs> you a little under the weather, Baggio? Hey! He's dying! <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that wasn't appropriate. My bad. That highly inappropriate at a time like this. I'm going to have to talk to you about this later, Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> as Howland says, as he's bobbing and weaving through the explosions like Vietnam. Oh, oh. Oh, I, I sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throws his hat into the air as the wind catches it and fills the hat as Long Dick begins to float down to the beach. That's what I'm talking about, mates. We are the new captains of the island. We stared down that mantis and it blinked. Long Dick lands on the beach by Jamo's feet. There's not a living soul that can stop us now. TGB's ears perk up, and then there's a large crack underneath their feet as the island begins to quake. Grispancho falls to the ground, and TGB jumps on top of him to protect him from the dangers he thinks are around. In the distance, in the water, a horrifying ship emerges from below. Skull White. Thugrock ship. Built with the bones of his enemies, the front and back whittled down to points for perfect ramming and piercing. Jamo and Crispancho stare up at the ship before his eyes turn back to Long Dick with anger after what he had just said. <clears throat> Did I say not a living soul? I meant we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Can I squash him? There's a silence from Jamo that is longer than Platinum would like. No, we could use him as a distraction. They might kill him first. Good idea. We cut to Offrod underneath the mango tree as his eyes blink back into reality. He yawns involuntarily before immediately reaching for his head that stings beyond belief. There was a... Oh, there was a... A mantis! A mantis! Offrod stands straight up and reaches for his pouch where his cards are, but they aren't there. His face drops to a look of pure horror as beads of sweat begin to form on his forehead. He looks around the island, searching for a giant insect, but only seeing a huge battle between two ships in the water. The Osprey, which looked pretty damaged, and a bone ship that skated through the water into the Osprey's hull. Thugrock is awake. My cards are gone. 
but we aren't! TGB slides into Offrod's point of view. Though his face shows no favor for TGB, he is glad that he wasn't alone and could have some answers. What has happened? Where is JMO? Is Thugrock able to be beaten? TGB looks at Offrod uncomfortably. One question at a time, please! TGB grabs at his head, forcing the gears to turn. Offrod folds his arms across his chest. Insect gone! JMO is waiting! I don't know! TGB lets out a huge sigh. <sighs> like it took a lot of energy out of him to explain that. Take me to JMO. We cut to JMO, Long Dick, and Grispancho. I found Offrod. He's a bit sick, though. I'm not sick. I'm wounded. Offrod grabs at the bump on the back of his head. We all are, bub. Grispancho definitely looked the worst for wear out of all of them. But that wasn't saying much. TGB was running out of steam. Long Dick was tiny, and JMO was in deep contemplation of what the next course of action was. He kept looking towards the ship of the Osprey, and then back to Thugrock's fortress. He was contemplating something, but he was really looking for a better option. What the blazes are we supposed to do now? Thugrock is awake, Skull White has emerged, and we either take out his ship or we flee. No. No? What do you mean, no? Thugrock is distracted. He's locked in battle with the Osprey. His treasure is unguarded. Wait, won't they die if we don't help? Jama looks to Grispancho sternly. I believe in my captain. She can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Thugrock. Us being there would not change the tides of the battle. We need to get to the treasure and locate what the Osprey came here for. It's the only way for all those deaths to mean anything. There's a silence between the four others. Offrod nursing his bump, Grispancho and TGB staring at the Ospreys being attacked before Long Dick steps up on TGB's helmet. If we do this, then I got some demands. JMO's eyes drop to the tiny Long Dick. Nothing too fancy, just part of my contract. Speak your words. Long Dick points to Skull White. I want that. Offrod does a double take before laughing out loud. You? You want Skull White, the dreaded, the ship that has single-handedly stopped navies in their tracks and kept the Elamoons and the Morrisville capital from treading past their own pools. That's right, and I ain't moving till I make that clear. That's what I call dibs on in my contract. There's no way the Osprey would deal. Offrod's face drops as Long Dick explodes in a jaw-dropping smile. There's no way. Let's go, Jamo, my man. Whatever you want to go, even hell. Long Dick jumps onto Jamo's shoulder as they turn from the group and head towards the fortress. TGB runs after the two on all fours. No, don't leave me alone. I don't want to do anything bad. Offrod sits dumbfounded with Grispancho right next to him. Grispancho reaches into his pocket and pulls out some cards. I found most of them, but I couldn't find all of them. Offrod snatches them out of Grispancho's hand like a wild animal. His face doesn't have time to register his excitement before he turns to Grispancho politely. Thank you, Grispancho. You're a lifesaver. Offrod begins to walk off while going through his cards, leaving Grispancho behind to grumble.
I don't know why I expected manners out of a group of pirates. Before he trudges on after the group. Nikita Castor screams towards her crew. We win now or we die. Now... I don't know about all of you, but I don't want to see my pelvis added to Thugrock's horde. The crew roars with adrenaline coursing through their veins. Nikita flicks her hat as her hands begin to glow rose gold as she hovers above the deck. We fight to the last breath. There is no living to fight another day. Today is the day to die, boys. For if we do not succeed here, we lose our one chance to return home. What Thug Rock has come to possess is the key to our hero's return. We win here, and every human in Eldrigadrid will owe us thanks. We win here, and we prove to everyone that the humans will not go extinct. We will not lay down and die in bedrock. We fight, we scream, and we soar. The crew all scream out in unison for their captain. Nikita tightens her gloves before turning to Illabark at the driver's wheel. Sly. Play Ying Yang with Skull White. Don't give Thug Rock a chance to avoid our cannons. Illibark grins. Oi, oi, Captain. To the rest of you, you know what you're doing, and I would put my trust in every single one of you. But I will not go to your funerals if you don't go to mine. So I suggest you stay alive to see what happens next. Nikita pulls out her long sword and thrusts her blade towards Skull White. For Falcon Tomb! The crew disperses to the masts and the cannons. There's a shot of pirates mounting the cannons on one side of the ship, per the captain's instructions. Each cannon placed pointing directly at Skull White as it draws near. There's multiple shots of the crew as they pass each other cannonballs down the line until they reach a huge pile next to the cannons. They all get ready and set in their positions. They don't move a muscle without the captain's orders. Billy Dean climbs to the crow's nest with a looking glass in his mouth. He climbs as fast as he can with little breath in between and makes it to the top with haste, spitting the looking glass into his hand and putting it to his one good eye. He sees Skull White's ogre crew getting in position and aiming their own cannons. They're ready for us! We cut to Illibark as he runs atop the driver's wheel to get the ship in position. So are we. Let them come aboard. We'll slice them dead. Let him shoot. We'll shoot right back. Thug Rock, huh? King of the pirates? He's the king of his own delusions. But who are we? The Osprey! Who are we? The Osprey! Good. Now let's make sure they remember it. We see two ogres on top of Skull White, pedaling two stationary bone bikes. They power a giant ivory fan that swiftly blows air into the sails of Skull White, causing it to launch forward faster than planned. Within a moment, Skull White was side by side with the Osprey, catching them completely off guard. Brace yourself! Before Billy Dean could finish that thought, Skull White's cannons exploded in a cloud of dust. Cannonballs whizzed by Nikita's face on either side. We see her shocked face as the scene goes slow motion. Before we cut to a pirate below getting an arm blown from his socket, and another whose jaw disappears in an instant, only leaving behind shattered teeth. 
Another cannonball is headed right for Billy Dean's face, but he's too afraid to move. I wish JMO was here. He'd protect me. He'd save us all. Tears begin to stream down his face from his one good eye as the cannonball gets closer and closer to his head. But the cannonball turns rose gold and stops in its tracks as the scene becomes normal speed again. We see the cannon move backwards, revealing Nikita with her arm outstretched towards Billy. He sniffs back his tear. Come on, boy. I won't be there to save you next time. Get your shit together. Nikita whips her glowing gloved hand towards Skull White, sending the cannonball with it as it crashes into and splintering part of the bone ship. The crew begin to gawk before Nikita cuts it short. What are you all staring at? Aim for the splinters! The crew turn their cannons on command. We see Nikita floating above the masts as ten more glowing rose gold cannonballs rise behind her. Ready? Fire! Alright, roll another athletics, all three of you. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay. There's three waves to get through here, so... Fuck. Okay, okay. Eee. 12 and 23. Let's go! Baggio and Howland roll... Come on. Oh, shit. Two dexterity saving throws. Baggio's just getting fucked, dude. Well, thank God. Oh. Yeah! Okay, good, yeah. As you guys are running through, bobbing and weaving, Howland, you see a magic trap about to happen. How do you get out of the way? Howland tail spins to the side like, whoa! Alright, Baggio, how about you? Baggio summons up all the strings he can and art wheels out of the way. Alright, three of you roll an athletics check again. Final one. One more time. Oh, God, help me now. 25. No! <gasps> oh! West. Ooh! Ooh, I... Wait, is that a... Oh, no. Did he get a one, but the negative one? I Yeah, I got a one, and then it, it took it. So what happens if you get... Well, here's what I'm going to I'm gonna ask and open to interpretation. Griffin rolled a 25, Boggy rolled an eight, and Howland just rolled a natural one. <laughs> a one, but I have minus one in athletics, so it took it down to a zero. So let me ask you guys something. Howland trips on his rope. Yes. Hits a trap. Yes. I think because of the, how bad the athletic, I think it's just an automatic you hit a trap. Okay. Roll a d100 for me. Wait, wait, can we set it like where he dodges at one and he does like the woo? <laughs> Holland's like, yeah, oh my god. As he's looking back like, yeah, fuck you, trap. <laughs> he just like hits a second one. Yeah, Howland does a corkscrew out of the way and he's like, woo, yeah, oh my god. And <laughs> just <laughs> boom. Right into another fucking trap and you just hear it just, oh. <laughs> Wait, how about Beach? Oh, oh yeah, fuck. Does he have to roll a dexterity? Yeah, roll a dexterity saving throw for me for Baggio. Ooh. Ooh. 22. You see a trap coming up. How do you get out of the way? A backhand spring. Okay, good. Thanks. Damn, you're doing a lot to be on one health. I just imagine I'm just, like, summoning up, like, uh, 12. Ed, roll a d10. Ed might be a little pissed off about this. Uh-oh. Eight. Okay, now before I say this... How tall is Howland? Oh, I knew it. Uh, I think... He's pretty tall, like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five, five? I always thought I capped it at 6 foot just to keep track of it. 
because I don't I don't like the whole like six two or like five eight. I just so it's just six foot. Tell me the damage. Oh. Roll a d12 for me. Oh. You just rolled a d10. I nope. Roll a d12. <gasps> Jesus fucking Christ. You are now six nine. What? Nice. Snitch. What? I'm six foot nine. You are six foot nine. What? Howlin just does the Kobe with his hand with a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> Dunks. Wait, how is it? Okay. That's, just, that's not bad. 6'9, dude. But now he's 6'9 with the Muppet head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Howlin gets up slowly and he looks around. And he's like, nobody move. You're shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> nobody freak out, but everyone's shrinking. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I feel taller. And looking good, Howlin. Looking good. My robe doesn't fit. What the fuck? You guys see his ankles. You're gonna have to update your dating profile now. Shit. You are now on the shore. There is a rain cloud above a very injured Baggio. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> Can you roll a constitution saving throw for me, Griffin? 14. You get to the shore and where you see the beaver, you guys are reaching the water and Griffin legs just pop out from the chest that you're in. Oh, thank God. Oh, let's go. Got my legs back, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm taking off. I'm gone. And we see Baggio with the storm cloud above him. The lightning strikes above you, Baggio. One damage die. <laughs> it kills him. Yeah, one damage. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking zip. Can it strike, like, right behind his heels? <laughs> yeah. Like, right behind him. And now, Howland, you are 6'9", and you get to the shore, you see the beaver, <laughs> which I don't think you established a name for anything, so it's, I guess it's just the- Beaver! Your master has come for you! Don't move. He <laughs> does that. I wish, like, times like these, we had people who make fan art. Cause I would want to see me as a chest with arms and legs, and I want to see Ed 6'9 with a Muppet head. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Almost seven feet tall with a fucking Muppet face. And you know your boy got to see that beaver. And the beaver. We do need some fan art of a delicious beaver, if anyone could be so obliged. <laughs> anyway, what are you doing? We're getting on the fucking beaver. We're mounting it firmly. All three of you swim to the beaver. You get on top of it. Yep. I throw Howlin'. I do one of these. You're doing the, the DX? No, no, not this. No. Like where I cut my hands. Now that I got hands and legs. And I like throw you up onto the top of the beaver. Oh, I see. Okay, you're helping him up. Got it. Lovely. After Griffin helps me up with my mage hand, I'm going to grab him and Baggio in one fluid motion and, like, pull him onto the back of the beaver. All in one slick motion. Yeah. You have to, when you? When you're around a beaver of this magnitude. But Howland is going to stand up, and he's like, All right, take us to the Osprey ship, beaver! Missed you, and he's gonna start like rubbing its head. <laughs> exactly, thank you very much. As its tail rises up into the air and then slaps down in the water as it takes off towards the Osprey and the Skull White ship as they are both coming towards each other. You are going closer and closer as the Osprey and the Skull White finally make it to where they're side by side and the cannons start to fire. Oh shit. Mm. 
Why don't we have the beaver build a dam around the boats? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Vagio, that isn't a bad idea, except for the part where we're in the middle of the ocean, so unfortunately I don't think that's gonna fly. I saw a couple palm trees. Why don't we have the beaver just pick apart the bones of the other ship and sink it? Oh, oh, beavers eat wood, right? Like, you know, wood goes into the beaver, right? So why don't we have the beaver eat the ship? I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about thug rocks? Yeah. If this beaver can chew trees, it can chew bones. The reason I didn't suggest the beaver attacking the ship head-on is because it has cannons and a very able crew and a very pissed-off troll. How about from the bottom? The bottom is what I was going to suggest, but the beaver is my backup plan. If I can get close enough to the ship, I've got a plan of my own, but I'm not sure if it'll work. Do you need to get onto the ship? Because I can handle that. For some reason, I feel like getting on the ship would give it a better likelihood of working. All right. But we need to get onto the Osprey ship first. All right, get us to the ship first. Right. Our ship. Because I think Baggio needs serious medical attention right now. I'm starting to get a little woozy. <laughs> yeah, just hold in there, dude. Please, please hold in there. Well, we're headed there. <laughs> I, I, okay. Full speed ahead. Hey guys, it's me, it's DJ. I'm jumping in to just give you a heads up. We are about to give you a life update, and it's a pretty big one, so it's a pretty, I think it's like 12 minutes long, and uh, maybe I'll cut it down in the edit right after that, but we do have like a 12-minute post update. If you want to skip that, that's completely fine. It just talks about where we've been for the past couple of, uh, more than a couple of months. Um, but it's a big update, and it's kind of emotional, and I just want to give a big thank you to Jasher Drake, who voiced Thug Rock. Besides having a name that sounds like he should be in a comic book, Jasher Drake is the co-host of two podcasts that I listen to. He co-hosts the Collectani of Everything with his friend Hamish, and they talk about, well, everything. Talking about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Yeah, whatever comes to mind or whatever we're interested in we are calling it collectania of everything yes. collectania of everything and collectania is pretty much like a archaic old english cool sounding word that means just like a collection my favorite episodes are when they talk about cryptids or any other new zealand folklore oh yeah they're new zealanders so you know they're very pleasant to listen to and the other one he does he does with his brother and micah also a sick name and it's called Podzilla, where he and his brother, in chronological order, watch every single kaiju film, and then they talk about it. And that one's a little bit more closer to my heart, because me and Eddie have a thing with kaijus. Eddie's a huge Godzilla kaiju fan, and I'm more of a casual fan, but I still really like kaijus. So Jay, sure, if you're listening, save me and Eddie a seat when you talk about Space Godzilla from 1994. Until then, Jay, sure, make sure you take good care of Maguma. Are you proud of what you've done? I don't like that I'm needing to write two reports a month. And apparently there's a big event coming up this month. I need to do like four <laughs> reports. And this is your fault. And everyone listening. What's well, my you, fault? You guys have just bullied me into writing these reports. And now I'm stuck looking after Meguma. Who I... dies in two minutes in the movie Gorath. <laughs>
So I just wanted to say thank you so much, Jasher. You are one of the best people I've actually got to work with so far, and I do mean that very much. Thank you so much. You brought Thug Rock to life. I was a little bit hesitant of getting someone else to do the voice, but as soon as I heard you start talking as Thug Rock, it was it was beautiful. Thank you so much. Anyway, uh, here is now the emotional part of our life update. I'm a gamer. Take two. Wait, is everyone there? Hello? I'm here. I'm. Don't do this. <laughs> God. That would have been a good bit. Yeah, last time we tried recording this update, we literally counted down. We went three, two, one to the point we were going to record, and then Weston's internet literally cut off one. Yep. His video was frozen. It was insane. And it was wild because we were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! for 40 minutes before that, so we could have recorded. Yeah, the router decided to do a... Uh... Said nah. Quite the big fucky wucky, and ended up in the forever box. <laughs> Whoa, this is actually so weird. We're not, Why? <laughs> we're not in house. Oh yeah, that's right. Fuck it, whatever. Don't care, don't care, don't care. Let's do it live. We're out of practice with this. So this is in the middle of the episode that we recorded months ago. This is an update. Thank you for listening to this really, really insane episode that I had to edit. I think I already recorded something months ago for the middle of it, but this is an update that we're putting in here because we've been on hiatus for a while. Originally, we were just going to take a quick break so I could get to work on Puzzle Valley and finish off the episodes I had, which was like three at the time. I still have three episodes I still have to completely edit. But, I mean, I don't think I'm stepping on anybody's toes here when I say... Life really got turned flips upside down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely had a big life event. Two big life changes. Insane. Yes, life hasn't been very kind to any of us over the last couple months. Some a little bit more recent than others, but um, I think I speak for uh, almost everyone here when I say that we've all been getting uh, absolutely spit-roasted, so... Understand that the absence is warranted. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to push you guys to go reveal everything that's happened to you guys, but I'm just going to say, like, I had to move out of state, and it was, a, it was a big thing. For years, I've been living in a, in a pretty not good household. Emotionally and mentally abusive is putting it mildly. And I finally said enough, and I moved down here with Weston and BJ. And that was like like the middle of December, so it was, a, it was a big move. Weston and Dylan actually came up and got me and helped me move. But it was a big shock to my system. I'm still kind of reeling from it. I'm trying to deal with it as best I can. Did anyone want to... I mean... I didn't want to elaborate too much, but, uh, had to move. I, uh, I had to move over a few things that happened that were not in anyone's control, uh, least of all mine. So that was fun. I was definitely fucked for a couple weeks, but, uh, I have moved, and even now we're still not completely done getting settled in. But yeah, I had to move which was not planned, not a good time, not very fun, but that was quite the ordeal. But that is um, over now, luckily, so. Again, we don't have to elaborate fully, but just we are going to try and get back into it. I mean, I still have three episodes to edit to get back there, so we're still kind of taking our time with it. There's just so much stuff that's happened that 
I didn't want you guys to think that we just gave up on the project. Like, we still care about the project, but just a lot of really personal issues have been brought up to all of us. Yeah, good and extremely bad. Oh, yeah. Ups and downs. Yeah, you don't... We don't have to, but it, it, if you feel well, comfortable I'm, enough, you can. Just... I... Had the joy of welcoming my firstborn child into the world. Mm-hmm. And then three weeks later, um, Oof. lost my dad. I hate change. I'm more of a schedule-oriented type of person. I had my like my life kind of on the schedule, and having like back-to-back major events mm-hmm. just rocked what I thought my world was. Yeah. Ever since then, I just, I don't know. It's just hard, I guess. Put it lightly. Oh, yeah. I hope if I do change, it's for the better, but I don't know. I don't know where I'm at right now, really. And that's with all of us. Like, I don't I don't want to sound disrespectful at all, Weston. Like, you lost your dad, and but your dad was very special to all of us, and that hit us really hard, too. It was the first person that I've I've lost in my life that I've actually been like really upset by um so that's just like we've all we've all we've all suffered a lot here um we don't actually have a a, a schedule for when we're going to come back there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air right now but rest assured we are not giving up we just wanted to put it out there that we're just we're just in a really bad state right now um and I I don't want to use this opportunity to be like we're not trying to sit here like, oh, give us money. Maybe we'll we'll come back. That's not what this is about. But it just life life is hard, and it's harder to do stuff that isn't helping you exactly get through life. Like this is all out of pocket for me. Mm-hmm. We've had opportunities to maybe do sponsorship stuff, but we just haven't had the time. Like not like I, I love you guys for listening. It just we don't have. Like, it just hasn't become a priority for us because there's a lot of, for lack of a better term, adult stuff that happens to us that we're trying to get through. I had to get, like, this really, really full-time job that uh, uh, I won't get into, but it's it's not exactly my favorite thing to do, but it's something I, I've had to do in order to get my life back on track. I got a job, so I'm doing that. I'm looking to get another job right now. I, I've considered getting two jobs, to be completely honest, because there's a lot that I need money for. In my life. Um, so that's, that is definitely a thing. Without question, life just happens. I think everybody listening to this, uh, is probably more than well aware. Life just happens. Yeah. It's, uh, a lot like D&D. <laughs> Oddly enough, many variables, many things just happen. You think you're going right, nope, it's a fucking left. Life just happens, and unfortunately, life has been happening in a not great way for uh, essentially all of us here, so it's taken us quite a minute to uh, situate ourselves, so to speak, but we're hoping to be back sometime soon. We don't exactly have a schedule for when we're coming back, but we do hope to be back sooner rather than later. I don't really know what that means. I don't know how to quantify that. Hopefully sometime this year, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> like, I don't know. Don't get your fucking hopes up. We're definitely, we're all we're definitely all right, just, it's over. We're definitely coming so back we this don't year. Know. But we, we don't know.
canceling the show. We don't know what's going on. We'll be back eventually. Just I'm I'm not gonna fucking set a date here. We're going through a rebrand right now. So (laughs) we're going through a (laughs) rebrand. We've been owned by Nike for uh, the last month. (laughs) We've sold out. I just I'm I'm sitting here thinking like like Deej is like yeah I moved you know life's hit me rough and Ed's like yeah I moved life's hit me rough and I'm like yeah baby my dad and then BJ's yep sitting there and that's why I've been using the word uh, most of us and essentially yeah you don't gotta point it out I just imagine like yeah I'm I'm still living so like life's been pretty rough so like. I haven't been able to get that fried pickle <laughs> recipe down, so I guess I'm not doing great, but still scraping by. Yeah. <laughs> I've mostly just been helping my girlfriend move to a new city. Oh, I was going to say, you're about to move, too. Yeah, probably in April. Yeah. Right, wait, are we are we time stamping this? Are they going to know when we recorded this? Who the, f- who the fuck cares? Who gives a shit about the time stamp? This is the 2023? Videos, the video is, not now, but in the future, <laughs> me saying this. The video is out. Go fucking watch it if you care. And just, the end of this episode is really good. It really is, though. This it is episode is. 10. Yeah, yeah it is. Remember, I don't even know is. which episode this is. What did we do? This is the episode with Skull White. Oh, spoiler alert? No spoilers. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't spoil it. This is in the middle of the episode. Oh, it is? Okay. It's a little. It, it's cool. It, you're, you're, the kids are gonna love it. It's gonna be great. It's one for the books, as some would say. We're not saying it's so good. You should donate a bunch of money to us. Jesus. But don't, don't <laughs> yeah, cut that out. Should cut. probably donate a lot of money to us. No, no, he's right though. Like, I'm not even trying to be a dick <laughs> about it or anything. But like, we're all you put, broke. On, you put it on BJ. He's the he's the grubby one here. He's he's after that dollar dollar. I'm not grubby. What do you mean? I don't want no money. DJ gets the no, money. I don't need anybody's money. There's a tip jar or some <laughs> shit. If you guys want to ring a ding ding that, you go ahead. I, I ain't asking. I don't need it. You know, this guy over here. I haven't I, seen a dime that this show has made. Yeah, and I bet you're looking for it, aren't you? No, I'm really not. I've yeah, never once, ass- <laughs> I have never once asked for a dime. Yeah, my asshole, you're not looking for that money. And not a penny back. This is what I'm going to say. Wh- whatever money you donate, to us is not going to go like in our pockets it's going to make the show better like when i had the ability to when i wasn't super destroyed financially i would spend my own money on music on sound design on programs to make music like a lot of my money went into this project the same with puzzle valley but now that i'm like in the situation i'm in it's i'm not going to be able to do a lot of that so if you want the show to have the same quality and the same energy about it, so I'm not saying if, if you have no money, I'm not going to be Pokemane about this and be like, you got to, or else I'm not going to. Like, we're going to, but if you care about the show and you want it to have the same type of energy and style, like, chuck us a buck or two. Or- uh, fucking penny helps, so, uh, yeah. If you care, cough it up, you cheap prick. If not, <laughs> no worries. Keep moving, you're good. Every every penny goes to the fucking sound audio. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know where the money's going to. Oh, fun fact. It's weird, actually, but... And I don't know where he even... I don't... Like, I don't even know... it. It's weird. I don't know how he even got a smartphone, but Baggio is on Twitter. You can actually follow him. It's weird. It's uh, Baggio underscore Ubo on Twitter. You might have to spell that one out. 
They know how to spell Baggio. It's B A G. Ubo? Y O. Ubo is U B O. That's Ubi. Ubi O. <laughs> Baggio underscore Ubo. I got the closer, by the way. Okay. What's your what's your closer there, Wes Dog? Now, back to the action. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> God, shut up. We were in the middle of it, dude. That's going in the middle. <laughs> you're right. You're Listen, right. We're we're lost. You should in actually time. put that at the end. We're to lost. Make me look like an idiot. Who knows and where like... we are? Is it 2022, 2021? I don't know. Skull White lurches around the Osprey, trying to get the better of it. Both ships intertwined in their circular paths around each other, trying to devastate the other with onslaughts of cannonballs and other physical attacks. Thug Rock stares unblinkingly towards the wooden vessel. How many times do I have to prove to the world just who deserves the title? Thug Rock fixes his hat as the ogres drop the cannons in the direction of the Osprey. He pulls his sword back towards the sky. Of the King of the Pirates. He thrusts his sword towards the Osprey as his cannons explode, as if they were coming from the sword itself. The cannons blast into the Osprey. We see cracks appear all over the ship as they begin to splinter and spider crack up parts of the ship. Every generation, they always forget. And every generation, I have to teach them again. Another cannon blasts boom from all around. We see a slew of ogres jump from the masts on the rope, swinging to the wooden vessel. Charge! So here's your lesson, Osprey! We cut below deck in the medical unit of the ship. We see Billy Dean carrying an older pirate down. He's covering his side where there's a huge chunk of flesh missing. Don't worry, man. Let's get you some cure light wounds and- Light wounds? You see this thing? I'm grabbing the superior healing. The older pirate pushes Billy out of the way and heads for the second cabinet. We need those for emergencies. What do you think this is? The older pirate whips open the cabinet and grabs a drink of the green liquid. He gulps it down and smiles towards Billy with relief. Better already. There's a crunch and a boom as the ship's wall collapses and a cannonball blasts through and into the head of the older pirate, decapitating him and shattering the cabinet of health potions. Billy yelps as the older pirate slumps to the floor, twitching. <laughs> Billy grabs at his mouth, choking back a vomit. Confusion overwhelms him as he flees up the stairs. We cut to Skull White as cannons boom repeatedly, and the sound of swords and battle echoes throughout the battle. Thug Rock squeals his tail to all who can hear. I rival most elves when it comes to how long I've been around. Two and a half centuries and still young. I was a boy when the ghoul's gateway was opened, when the forever storm of its shores took hold, and I was a young man when I was able to escape. Though beaten and scarred I had become, I had bested my masters, and they were delicious. Billy Dean runs up the main deck, covering his mouth, trying not to scream. The captain circled in the air, barking her orders to all around. Duck and weave! Cindy, get out of the barrels! Odds, aim for the ropes, even the hole. Billy, 
Billy stops when he's noticed. Don't just stand there. We've got work to- oh! A cannonball screeches by and thumps into Nikita's left arm. She yells in pain as she loses her balance and begins to fall to the deck, gripping at her wounded arm. Illibark sees Nikita go down. Kitakat! He lets go of the wheel, letting it spin free of control. He jumps from the balcony and onto Billy's head, who jumps in fright. Billy! Grab the wheel! Oh, I got the captain. Illibark jumps towards Nikita on the ground, twisting in pain. Who's in charge? Illibark stops to look back at Billy. Trust your instincts, he says before he leaps back towards Nikita. Thugrock sees the Osprey ship turn away from their dance on the waves. He smiles. And years after that, I still was never named. The captains of the ships I had stowed away on called me Zero. But that never lasted long before I twisted their insides to ribbons and decorated their ships with them. Regular crews I could never deal with. My temper would never allow for any questions. And I was too hungry for that to keep me away. Billy runs to the wheel and grabs it, trying to turn it back onto its course. That's all he had to do to be effective. He just had to hold onto the wheel and keep the ship on trip. <sighs> he stops mid-thought as he looked upon the deck. The scene was chaotic. He saw a mix of crew members losing nerve after seeing Nikita fall to the ground, and others going sword to sword with the ogres who climbed onto the ship. Billy sees an ogre grab onto Cindy's arm, who had tried to hide in a barrel. The ogre stuffs her arm back inside before sealing it and tossing it off the ship. The ogres laugh as they do. Billy's body slumps after seeing his crew, his family, falling apart to this attack. The wheel falls from his hand, continuing to spin. He reaches up to his missing eye, closing his other as he does. I'm no use to the crew. They should have thrown me off the ship when they found me stowed away. We flash to that memory of him being found by Nikita below. I was never able to help. I let my whole squad die. We flash to him watching the ogre eat and smash his squad mates. Why am I alive when they all died? Tears begin to fall from his good eye. Why can't I just die? Then he hears a familiar voice inside his head. You can't, you can't die, die, Billy. Jamo's words flow through Billy's mind. After all, Captain One-Eyed Billy has a thing to it. Billy's eye opens. Did Jamo actually believe that? That he could actually be captain? Billy looks to the deck where Illibark sits near Nikita, trying to help catch her breath. A large blue-tinted ogre shambles over, cracking his knuckles towards them. It smiles wickedly, showing its chipped and sharp teeth as it begins to move his hand over the obtuse illibark. We hear a snap of a rope as a load of cannonballs fall from above. The ogre looks up just in time to recognize his situation before the cannonballs crush him into the deck. The scene seems frozen in place. The rest of the ogres look to where the blue-tinted ogre was, but they only see its large arm sitting next to a shocked and confused illibark. All the ogres look their eyes to the rope above that had been snapped. There's a sound of loud metal clanging from the driver's wheel. Everyone looks, including Illibark. Billy Dean puts down his slingshot. I did that. I'm the smallest and least experienced one of you. And I did that. 
You think these ogres are so tough? You think Thugrock is brutal? Billy holds his fist to the sky. If you think he's brutal, then you haven't seen anything. Billy clicks his boots together as he swings his fists behind his back and sticks his breast out. The Falcon Tomb salute. When the crew sees Billy do that, they feel a sense of adrenaline rush through them, as if they were just given a second wind, seeing a symbol of their home. Thugrock doesn't know brutality. He doesn't know loss, but we do. So ogres, ally of Skull White, I suggest you brace yourselves. At the mention of brace yourselves, all the Osprey instinctually drop to the floor and grab onto anything nailed down. Even Illibark wraps himself around Nikita and holds onto a railing. The rats, they give up. I wouldn't count on that. The ogre looks to Billy, who points behind the ogre with a smile. The ogre turns around, confused, and sees the Osprey on a straight course to the Skull White ship. Oh, shit! Billy screams as he throws the wheel towards Skull White as he clings onto it for dear life. The impact is incredible as the Osprey hits the bone ship. The ogres go flying off, screaming as they do. Some get flung onto Skull White, being impaled onto some of the outsticking bones. One falls to the sea. Oh, I'm alright. We see a beaver tail surface, and then fall back down behind him. Oh no. Skull White gets knocked by the Osprey, but the ship doesn't take much damage. In fact, Thugrock barely noticed as his ogre crew begins to stumble back to their feet. Billy gets up from the ground and spins the wheel away from Skull White. He screams towards the crew. Clean slate, but they're gonna send more. Odds, keep your sight on the ogres. Evens, stay on cannons. Billy stares out at the bone ship. I've got Skull White. We cut to Illabark, who unwraps himself from Nikita. Her vision stopped being hazy as she shakes herself back to normal. Oh, my arm. Oh, what happened? Nikita looks around, seeing the crew back in order. Don't worry, we have it on a control. But you're hurt. I'm still the captain, though. And we are still your crew. And you told us well. Illabark gestures to Billy on the wheel as he yells an order towards the crew. Nikita looks on with a smile. We'll all be damned. Thought he was just a pipsqueak. Illibark grins. But take it from me. Pipsqueaks tend to be the loudest. Nikita pats his head. And the most thoughtful. He purrs into her hand. She breaks away as she grabs at her arm in pain. He looks to her alarmed. Stay here and don't move. I'm gonna run and grab some healing potions. He gets up to leave before adding. Don't try to fly. You're off balance right now. He runs into the midst of all this melee. A sword chops into the wood in front of him as he jumps onto it and springboards off of the steel and down into the staircase leading below. Illibark runs for the medical unit, sweat pouring down his fur, but he stops with his jaw slack as he sees the absolute mess of the room. A cannonball-sized hole in the wall with all the vials of liquid smashed on the floor. The decapitated head of Phil on the ground. Illibar grabs the wood of the doorway and starts to bang his head into it. Why can't I get a win?
right up on side of the Osprey, or what happens? Howland is going to kneel down to the beaver, and he's like, okay, I need you to gently get level with our ship on the side, right by the ladder, so we can escort our friend here to medical aid and safety. You feel me? It makes that guttural sound as it... Yes, as it hits the water again with its tail, speeding up towards the Osprey. You see it go towards the Osprey, and then there's a cannon that happens as it is shot. It doesn't come close to you guys, but the beaver ducks out of the way just in time as it goes right by its head. And then it speeds along up against the Osprey, gets level with it where the back is there, and you guys can jump onto the ship. Yes. While we're, like, up against the side of it, Howland is just like, Stop shooting at my beaver! <laughs> Screaming at the top of his lungs. You gotta grab Baggio. Howland is looking at Griffin. He's like, all right, I'm gonna float him up. Griffin, you take the ladder. Come quickly now. Here we go, Baggio. One, two, three. Oh, my God. Oh, oh thanks, Howland. Griffin quickly climbing the ladder, and when he gets to the top, he's gonna be like, Medic! Medic! We need a medic! As Howland is slowly floating, he's like, Shadow, give me some fucking help. He's heavy. <laughs> Shadow from underneath you, literally just one pointer finger, pushes Bagio with it. Oh, thank God. As you guys get to the ladder, I need you guys all three to roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, come on, dude. Oh, shit. Get this guy out of here. 17. Love. Woo! Hey. Okay. He said all three of us have to do it? Yep. May God have mercy on you, Bogo. Ooh, okay. I think there's a moment as you guys are going up the ladder all at the same time. You see a cannon shoot from the Skull White ship, and the ball is coming towards you guys. Howland almost does a push out of the way. Griffin, I was just thinking, like, he just jumps, like, off the ladder and, like, <laughs> does one of these. But then he's a, he's a chest, and the ball hits the chest, and the chest explodes. I die. You rolled well, though. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, that would have been funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> would have been funny if you died. Uh, you just jump out of the way. Baggio's gonna, like, pop any arm and leg and head into the shell to pull it out of the way. The cannon goes right past you guys as you jump out of the way, and it goes somewhere into the ocean behind you. You are now on this ship, and I'm not gonna roll for initiative because there's a lot of chaos happening right now. As you guys jumped onto the top of the Osprey's deck, you automatically just see a bunch of ogres swinging on from the other side of the ship. There's a lot of bang, bang, bang. You see rose gold light as an explosion happens on one side of the ship as an ogre is trying to get on as it falls back and you actually hear another Wilhelm scream as it goes crashing into the water. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> What are you guys going to try to do? And I'm going to make you roll as we're going. Uh, medic. We need a medic. I think I'm going to throw up. As Griffin is yelling for a medic, Howland is just concentrating really hard to the beaver. Just like, submerse, go under. I will call you when you are needed. As it submerges into the water. Thank you. And, okay, I'm trying to think of what you can roll here. You're screaming for medic. Intimidation, maybe? No, I don't... Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for anything, to be honest, on, on that. You say medic, but you know this whole situation, all hands on deck. This is a huge battle happening between Skull White and the Osprey. 
it's going to be a hard time trying to get a medic for one singular person. You look around and you see members of the Osprey crew. One's got his hand cut off and you actually see Billy Dean holding back his eye because it's bleeding as he's sword fighting with another ogre. Howland is looking around. He's like, ugh, damn it. These assholes aren't going to help us. We need to find the medical station ourselves. Quickly, let's grab Baggio and get down below the ship. Shouldn't be far. And so Griffin takes Baggio, puts him in me, closes and locks the lid, and it's just me running now. Howland is in front of Griffin with his uh, wand out like a fucking handgun, <laughs> like ready, just doing some Tom Clancy shit. I was just like, can you have your wand out but fire actual bullets throughout the city? <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I-, I learned this new spell. It's called 9mm. It's crazy. <laughs> it's called calf. Not Baggio. Both of you roll uh, dexterity saving throw as you're going by. Easy. 13. For all these dex saves, you're really yanking my nuts. It's that or initiative roll that will last five hours. All right, awesome. As you literally turn around and you're trying to head back down towards the bottom of the ship where you know that there is some medical supplies and there is a sort of medical station down below, you turn around and there are three ogres in front of you with swords pointing at both of you, and they are going to make three attacks on both of you. Let me see. One, two, three. Well, they all miss because they suck. They really do, don't they? They suck. They're stinky ogres. They really do. You know, that's how it happens. A ten, a two, and a two. The three ogres try to attack you, and it's like a one right after the other that they're coming down with a sword to the left of you, Howland, and then two swords to the right of you, Griffin, and all three of them miss. Can we do something real quick? Yep, go for it. I want to use the sword that never misses. I like that's a little bit easy. You have Baggio to protect. True. Do you think Griffin would not choose that sword? Okay, I'm using the sword that never misses. Gonna slice all three. I don't think I can do that, but... I mean, you have two attacks. Oh, I do? Yeah, at this point, I think you all have two attacks. Oh. Plus a bonus action. And since you're a swashbuckler, you have a sneak attack that you can add on to since Pablo's right next to you. Wait, let me look at that. It's a good thing I'm here. And are we still outside of the ship, or are we inside the ship at this point? We're on the bow. You're about to go down, but these three ogres have stepped in. Right. Baggio, you're inside of Griffin, and you see the chest open and a hand come in, and they grab the sword that never misses and comes right back out. (laughs) (laughs) I thought somebody was still in Baggio, dude. I was like, wait, wait. Wait, what? Baggio's like, oh, getting serious. (laughs) He's just like, hey, buddy, I don't swing that way. Yeah, Baggio goes, Griffin, all right now. He's like, I'll have you know I love pussy. (laughs) Baggio's like, I'll have you know I love beaver. Okay, roll your attacks. Yeah. Here, here, Griff, here's your sword, and he just tugs my dick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm pulling out the sword that never misses. The two ogres that missed, I'm just going to just slice them, dude. One swift motion. They both hit because it's the sword that never fucking misses. Roll damage for both of them. You chose to put that in. I just want you to know. You chose this. That is true. Yes, but that's not what you meant. Okay, I'm doing the first two. Six and six. That's 12 damage. Roll a d6. That's for your sneak attack. Five. As you pull back, you swing down and you cut, not through them, but you cut two of them. 
they're not dead, but you have hurt them really badly. In fact, one of their arms goes flying off the deck of the ship, and the other one misses a couple toes as you have sliced down them. Um, there's a third one right there. Howlin', it is your turn. Are they all hurt, or...? Just two of them. The one that's looking at me, I want to try to use Charm Person on it. Uh, how many spell slots do you have left? Three for the first level or whatever this is here. So I get to roll a wisdom saving throw with advantage since you guys are both fighting it. Okay. Okay, well, a four and an eight. Yep. Uh, you point your wand at it, use charm person, and then it's just... <laughs> and it goes... <laughs> How Linda's fixing his rub, and he's like, that's better. Now kill your friends. <laughs> it turns... <laughs> It turns with its sword and with one clean motion just cuts off both of their heads. I'm going to say as soon as he does that, Howland uses Mage Hand and just palm strikes both the bodies off the side of the ship. Just gone. And they'd fall off the ship. Lovely. Now carry my friends. The ogre picks you up, Griffin, <laughs> for some reason. What? She grabs my handles, my love handles. Helping. Now what? All right, now do medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Heal my friend, and the goblin spits on him. (laughs) The ship, as you guys go down, you realize that the ship is taking some damage. Not a lot of damage, but between the ogres fighting down and the skull white ship, as it skates by fluidly past the osprey, as it makes a turn like it's trying to come back around to do another hit. While Skull White is still circling it and doing more and more damage, the ship at one point will break if you guys do nothing about it. Right. So I have uh, points here for the Osprey. The longer this battle goes, it's going to go from D12 to D20 to D100 if you don't hit the saving throw for certain things. Right. Next up, you run down into the bowels of the ship looking for the medical station. Howland, you recognize it from earlier on. You said that you researched the bottom and you were just checking out the engine room and all of that stuff. So you know where the medical station is. Yes. It looks like a bunch of bottles have fallen over from just the quake of everything happening, the, the chaos all over the ship. It doesn't look like this place is in its most top and clean shape that it could be because of the battle. Imagine. Is there a guy down there, just like a little scared-ass doctor that's in the corner? Nope. Like in the movies. Nope. Howland is just immediately looking for any healing potion that's intact and not busted on the floor. Roll an investigation. Did you want to roll, Griffin? Oh, yeah. I was going to help him look. Okay. Ogre, help us look. Minion. Advantage? Sure. Okay, Griffin, roll with advantage. Howland, too? No, let's go, Griffin, roll with advantage. You bitch. (laughs) Easy. I find it. Okay. It's right there. On an unnatural 20, you find about... A golden apple? <laughs> you find three health potions <laughs> so, oh. of minor value. He's looking too. Look at that. 18. That's base. That's base as hell. Found something else. I found three health potions? Huh, I found this wacky potion to cure magic effects. Weird. No, no he didn't. Yeah, I said Griffin roll with advantage and that was it. No, but he's rolling investigation too. Yes, I didn't roll with advantage. Okay, were you rolling for... I I, I said, I was was looking just with Griffin. Health potions. I was looking through there with Griffin, and I wanted my ogre to help us while we're all looking. Oh, yeah, that's... Okay, so on your 18 investigation, you also find the three health potions that Griffin found. (laughs) 
We both find the same one at the same time. You're like, oh, check this out. We both found three health potions. I found it. <laughs> Interesting. It is so apparent that you are tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh. DJ, I was going to say, DJ, just <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> oh, David, you bitch. Man, three health potions, all mine. I found them. Finders, keepers, losers suck. Imagine. And this is like a common item you can see. On the cabinets where you see all these, you see that this is like the common healing. There's, You actually look to the left where there should be another cabinet, and above that it says greater healing. <laughs> it's empty. But you see that there's a circle through that cabinet. Ah. And there's a bunch of green liquid, and you actually look behind you, and there's a circle in the wall from a cannon. Oh, uh, it, it's so weird how that works. Howland is like, Bayou, Bayou, come here. Uh, uh, you need to lick. You need to lick that. You need to lick that right now. Uh, I'm gonna say Bagio is pretty much delirious right now. The potion. So he's gonna. He looks around. And he's like, uh, and I look down. Wait, the green stuff's the potion? You need to lick that hole, Bagio. Do I see, like, the residue of the potion? Yeah, yeah, of the greater healing, sure, yes. Bagio goes, uh, what color is it? Green? I thought that was from the cannon for some reason. Bagio goes, oh, oh, and he kind of, like, shambles over to it and goes, and starts licking it. Okay, I'll give you one, one of these. From the licking of the residue of the greater healing potions... You will get one, so roll 4d4 plus 4. Do we all take a lick? No, just just Baggio. <laughs> no, Baggio just tongued the hole, so he's getting the healing. And he's got STDs. I wouldn't want that. That Osprey jungle juice really hitting Baggio a little different. Literally, I rolled three ones. Oh my. Oh my. I mean, that kind of makes sense, but damn. You have 14 HP now, and you have three common health potions that your pals have to show you, or, or not. To show me. Yeah, how much do these do? Is there a label? We, we turn it around, look at the little RX label on the back. <laughs> uh, are you going to give it to Baggio, all three of them? Yes. Well, we need to know what they heal. Okay, fine, yes. We need to know what we stand to win. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> on the label of the healing potions that you found, these ones are blue for common. They are 2d4 plus 2, and there's three of them. So 6d4 plus six. We should give Baggio two and Griffin should take one. Well, what are you at? I am at 14. I know what you're at. Oh. How about you, Helen? I'm currently at a solid 23 out of 40, so I'm a little bit over half here. I'm at 26 out of 49. Uh? Should we just all take one? No, no. Uh, to be honest, I, I would actually give them all to Baggio. Okay. Out of game, I would say Baggio's kind of like an up-in-your-face fighter. Yeah. So he's going to be, like, in melee range. That's fine. Yeah. Roll again. How many total do I roll? So there's three of them. He shotguns these potions. There's 2d4 plus 2. So 6d4 plus 2. Would it be plus 2 or would it be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, plus 6? Six? 6. That's what, Did I not say I said that the first time. I know that for a fact. Okay. 6d4 plus 6. Come on. Roll good. Literally three ones. Damn. Again. But 19. So add 14 plus 19, which is... Uh, <laughs> um, 33. There we go. Thank you, Weston. 
That's about, yeah, that's good. I wanted Bogio to answer so bad. I'd use my calculator. is about as good at math as I am. <laughs> Coincidentally. My, okay, so I'm 33 out of 39 now, so I'm pretty good. All right, lovely. All right. Oh. How, how you feeling, Bogio? You feeling pretty good? You see all the singe marks kind of start healing away, so I guess that means I'm going back invisible, right? Because the stuff's healing. But you're wet. You do see the singe marks going back. The soot falls away from you. Can you roll a d20 for me? Seven. Yeah, you are still invisible. How about the rain cloud? Is that gone? No. But I will say this, out of game, you will forever have a lightning scar on your shell. Yes. Okay. That's sick. I think we already established that that was quite based. Yeah, we talked about that last time. I thought that was cool. I just want to establish that again, just because last time we were filled with a lot of emotions. That is sick. Sick scar, dude. All right, boys. We all feel best we can at this moment. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I think the play here, we go back up top. I shoot my arrow to the crow's nest of Thug Rock's ship. We take that ship down from the inside out. Ideally. Hands all in. Bago puts his hand in. Uh, team on three. One, two, three. Woo! Just shoot the fucking arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Morosil sent assassin after assassin after me, all because I had stolen a silly little prince. He loved the boat I had promised for him to drive. It wasn't my fault if he had taken me up on that offer. And of course, the royals of the Alvin capital offered me a bounty after none of their assassins returned. A mountain worth of gold is what they told me. A lie, but I knew there would have been gold of some amount for me to plunder. When I arrived at the ambush, their whole navy was there. But they dared not risk their silly little prince by destroying my boat. So one by one I sunk their ships. Their entire navy was gone in three days, and by the end of it all, I have the silly prince's shoes up in the air. All that was left, and I threw them into their port before leaving those waters. <laughs> I traveled through the many channels of Gadrid. I saw untold horrors all caused by my powerful cunning and grip. I decimated every place on the map. Even the Thieves' Sanctuary, Fables exiled me from their lands. We cut to Billy Dean on the driver's wheel as he tries to keep the same path as the Osprey to give his crew enough time to do damage to Skull White. Billy glances at the compass out of instinct just barely glancing the reflection of someone behind him. He swiftly ducks as an ogre's fist comes barreling into the compass, smashing it. Stay still, boy. Billy Dean reaches for his knife, but the ogre whips its other hand at Billy, pushing him against the railing. The sound of the rushing waves from down below can be heard. What's a scared little boy doing here? The red ogre puts its full weight against Billy, holding his arms on the railing. Scared little boy with nowhere to go. I bet you taste delicious. The ogre's tongue rolls out of his mouth as he licks from Billy's cheek to his good eye. I'm not scared. Billy puts his legs up in front of him. 
but you should be! Billy kicks the ogre in the face, making it scream and let go of Billy. But the momentum was too great that it sent Billy off of the railing towards the water below. The ogre catches his balance before looking back, laughing maniacally. <laughs> what an idiot. What a stone cold moron, that rat. The ogre walks slowly towards the railing, about to peer over, before he makes eye contact with Billy's one good eye. You can fly? No. Billy begins to raise above the ogre and the ship, revealing that he was standing on top of the beaver's head. The beaver looks down at the ogre. A bead of sweat goes down its neck as it looks very alarmed. I just have good friends. The ogre turns to run away, but the beaver lurches forward, and in one swift motion the ogre is in its mouth. No, please. There's some loud screams and cries for mercy before they become too muffled, and the beaver gulps the ogre down. (laughs) That a boy. Thank you. Billy jumps back onto the deck as the beaver grumbles happily before it falls back down into the sea. We cut back as Ilbar comes upstairs to the deck, searching over the scene. He looks to where Nikita was, but he doesn't see her. I really can't get a win, can I? An ogre and a human come near Ilbark, as they both fight sword to sword. He sticks out his tail and trips the ogre. It falls backwards as the pirate pierces the ogre's chest with her sword. Thanks, Illy. Welcome, Lily. Ilbark scans the deck. Now, before I look up, I'm just going to remind myself I told an ought to fly. Ilbark looks up, and of course sees Nikita hanging onto one of the masts with one hand while trying to hover with the other rose gold hand. Figures. Ilbark scrambles from pole to pole, leaping onto the mast before sliding down to the struggling Nikita. He holds out his hand for hers. You know, you got a bad habit of not taking my advice. Nikita grabs his hand despite the pain, unsurprised by Ilbark's actions. But you got a bad habit of giving bad advice. Ilbark helps her up onto the beam and pushes her sleeve back past the elbow. She winces in pain, but lets Illibark bandage her up with some equipment he found from below deck. So, bad news. They keep coming, don't they? Phil had the last of the health potions. What a prick. Illibark cuts one of the bandages with his claws. Well, he's dead now. Nikita stammers for a second. I was gonna say I rescind what I said, but no, he was still a prick. And I'll tell him that when I meet him in the deep end. Illibark tightens the bandage, making Nikita grunt. You keep acting like this and it'll be sooner than you think. Nikita rolls her sleeve back down. We're too close now, Ellie. It's now or never. You're in no condition to keep going like this. Yeah, but only you know that. She shakes her arm, trying to ignore the pain. Don't tell the crew. They need to see the captain up and fighting. Kita, if this battle doesn't end now... Their crew won't be able to stay up themselves. Nikita looks to the decks below and sees the tired osprey. They heave and hoe with increasing tiredness. Each breath they take is labored and swift. The ones on the cannons have sparks in their faces from each blast of the cannons. Soot covers their bodies. The fighters beat back the ogres from attacking the rest, 
but they are wounded from the long rage of the battle. Nikita looks to Thug Rock in the distance on Skull White. She looks him over. He's large, of course, but that only mattered if she was right in front of him. She looked around his position. But there were no ogres or any other guards. Her eyes become saucers as she grips her hat and pulls it tighter onto her head. Then I'll end it now. She grips both gloves on her hand, fitting them right. She looks down on Ilbark. His face had notes of alarm, but he wasn't surprised. She gets up standing tall on the beam. You can join me? Ilbark looks up at her. Her hair twists in the wind, blocking out the rays of sun. He stares up at her eye patch, her lost eye, the days they met, where he promised he'd follow her anywhere. He looks to her gloved hand and sees the ring he gave her so many years ago. Ilabark stands up. Till death do us part. Till death do us part. She smirks before turning and running down the beams of the mast. Ilbark runs besides it. What's the plan? I'm gonna kill Thorgrok. There's little time for Ilbark to react as an ogre swings into the scene, wrapping the rope around the beam and landing in front of their path with a boom and a shake. <laughs> he snickers with his arms outstretched about to stop them. Ilabark and Nikita don't slow down. You go hoy, and you go low. Ilabark and Nikita run parallel on the beam towards the ogre. Its gray flesh flaps around as it takes a step ready to catch the pair in his hands and ready to gobble them up. But just as they got close enough to grab on, Nikita leaped into the air with her sword out as Ilabark slid between his legs, his dagger in hand. The ogre felt a sting as the pair continued running on the beam behind him. The ogre was confused. They got away just like that. Didn't even bother to hurt him. Blimey, what was that? The left side of the ogre fell to the left as the right side fell to the right. Off the beam and onto the deck below. A clean slice! Glad I sharpened this thing. Ilabark looks at his dagger with pride as Nikita looks at her sword with disdain. It got a bit chipped there, and she needed a sharper blade. Il, trade me. Nikita threw her sword to Ilabark, who caught it with surprise. The dagger glowed rose gold as it flew into Nikita's hands. I expect that back. Nikita looks to where Thugrock is. Only if you're good. All right, let's go. Are we aiming through the hole in the wall down here from the cannon? Is that what you were going for? Or are we, like, running back out and going outside and then... No, no, no. I figured we'd have this, like, moment, you know, before we run back to battle, but team morale's just at an all-time low right now. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be awful if you guys shot through the hole in the wall. Can we see it from there? Yeah. That works. It's on its way to do another attack, so... The cannons are going to be lined up again on you. I'll make you roll another dexterity saving throw. I'm thinking of some Looney Tune shit right now. Yes, I love it. I shoot my arrow. The cannon fires. My arrow hits the cannonball. We get teleported to the cannonball, and then we hit the wall with the cannonball. That's some Looney Tune shit right there. And it's a very good Looney Tune shit. But you see Skull White through the hole in the wall after you guys have healed up. It's coming in for another attack on the Osprey. The Osprey is shooting at Skull White as well, 
but you guys are noticing that it is barely taking any damage because wood and bone, two different materials, wood is less strong than bone, obviously, and the bone is not taking that much damage. All three of you roll a dexterity saving throw. That's it. 25. Where's my dex? I, I lose my dex every time. What the? 10. Okay. 16. There's a set of cannons that explode from the Skull White ship, and there's a cannon that you guys see coming towards the hole again. It barely hits the ship, but the splinters explode everywhere, and there's another giant hole in the wall where you guys are, and it hits Baggio. Baggio, can you take... Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious right <laughs> Three points of damage. Oh, okay. David, can you turn on your webcam, by the way? Oh! Sure. All right, base. Any reason? I want to look at you. Oh, fuck you. Wait, let me see you. Yeah, there he is. Wait, is that what our DM looks like? Yeah. The man behind the curtain right there? The curtain's been revealed. Yo, I'm locking today's fit, dude. Oh, yeah. I put on a fashion show for Eddie and Teresa and them. And he did. I was going to say, dude, were you cold last night? I saw some nipples, dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that drip. Ed seemed out of it. Eddie was deep in his phone when I was doing the fashion show for some reason. No, for some reason. <laughs> we all get cameras on, huh? huh? Yeah, BJ, pull up your camera. No. Mm, I suggest you do. Yes, you do, or uh, Baggio's going to have a little accident. See, Ed's getting up to put a shirt on. You should do the same. Damn right. We rarely do this, BJ. BJ, just let us see up your ass. Just. I don't know about a DM, but for me, just seeing the live reactions. I enjoy it. The only thing is the way my computer is set up. It doesn't really. See the way my way my bank account yeah, is set, set up. Yeah, there it is. The hole in the wall is giant. The splinters are all over. You see the water coming from the actual sea into the boat. It's splashing up against you guys. You feel the wind as it's coming by your faces. You see Skull White as it's soaring by you guys. You see ogres on the other ends of cannons. You have the shot now to use your teleportation arrow to go onto the crow's nest of Skull White. Mario goes, take the shot! <laughs> you guys have to be touching each other in some way if you all want to be teleported. <laughs> Hey, that's up to you. I'm fine with whatever, boys. Just grab me. Grab me how you want. Baggio hugs you from behind. <laughs> if I feel anybody's hand on my ass, I'm casting fireball. Roll a perception. <laughs> you see Baggio's hand moving away from you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laying down until he puts Java back in his hut. <laughs> back in his until he puts Java back in the hut. Griffin, do you shoot the arrow? I shoot. I take the shot, dude. I hit the side of the ship. Are you going for the side, or I thought you were going for the crow's nest? Uh, no, I'm saying the side of our ship. I just miss, and I, I just teleport like oh, a couple okay. inches in front. <laughs> now, I want you to remember, this is your second shot, so if you use it a third time, it's broken. Right. But you shoot the arrow towards the crow's nest. There's a... As you guys disappear from that spot in a cloud of night sky smoke. Nikita runs past the onslaught of cannon fire with Illabark at her side. She needed to get to the ropes on the back of the ship to do a little swing action herself. She made her way up the stairs of the second floor. There was an osprey pirate sitting on the top of the stairs bleeding out as two ogres landed with a crunch on the figure. 
they smiled with their stupid crooked teeth ready to stop Nikita. But she kept running up the stairs. Who's a good swords kitty? We're not playing this game, Kita. Who's the best swords kitty in the world? Do not throw me. Nikita picks up Illabark by the scruff of the neck and launches him towards the two ogres. Illabark growls as he plants the sword in the first ogre's head. The ogre falls as Illabark jumps off of its body, pulling the sword out and locking it with the ogre's club. Don't you know I'm the best swords cat in all of Gidrid? Looks like a pussy to me. Illibark hisses as he does a front flip over the ogre and lands on his shoulder with one hit to his green flesh. Only one person gets to call me that. The ogre grunts before launching his back into the banister, trying to crush Illibark, but he jumps to the front and begins to thrust forward with Nikita's sword in hand. Nikita runs past. I owe you one, she says as she runs past the dancing foes. Nikita spies the set of ropes tied to the back railing of the ship. Without a moment more, she latches onto the rope and cuts it. Whatever the rope was attached to falls to the deck as it heaves Nikita into the air above the chaotic fight below. Nikita places out her hand as it begins to glow rose gold, and the rope swings around the mass of the osprey. A cannonball whizzes by as she propels herself out of the way, and then right back on path to Thug Rock. I'm wanted for every thinkable lore in all of Gadrid, and they still haven't caught me. And then you appear on the crow's nest of the Skull White, overlooking the entire ship. Not the Lawbringers, not the Black Cane Society, and never a damn pirate. Nikita drops the dagger from her hand as it too glows rose gold. She continues to propel herself. Even the monsters of Eldra fear me. Gentlemen, do you remember when I told you I had a plan? Yes. Yeah. The very deck I walk is the jaws of a dreadnought, cast down before me after a long, tedious battle. She can see Thugrock in her sights. He's growing larger as she gets nearer. How many living things do you think had to die to put this vessel together? Oh! The ship's made of bones! Wait, the bones? Bring the ship to life! I bit it down to death with nothing but stones, and with my own hands I fixed his bones to be my vessel. The beginnings of Skell White, the dreaded. Wait, Dage, did you see that coming? Oh! He stood there, pale orange skin, standing with confidence. Just how she liked them to be before she destroys them. Any fool with a ship can call himself a pirate. But what do they steal that makes them the king of the pirates? She kicks her feet out to swing faster. I've stolen everything! Rare magical trinkets, ancient weapons of the gods, and actual mountains and mountains of gold. Any pirate to cross sword or cannon with me has been left blasted or eaten. (laughs) Howland is standing on the top of the crow's nest. And Howland is doing a prayer in a language that you and Baggio have never heard. And the only part that you are able to make out of it is, May the moon guide my hand. Captain Lee McSillian is now my starboard bow. Captain Gideon Crux is the chandelier in my quarters. And the last king of the pirates, Captain Avery Burrows. <laughs> she was grinded down to be my chamber. 
Nikita launches the dagger glowing rose gold towards Thug Rock. Its position was perfect, dead on. She saw as the dagger got closer. In her mind it was slow motion. She saw the dagger grow nearer and nearer to his neck. I am the king of the pirates. No person can touch me, no monster can kill me, and no magic can stop me. And Howland is going to take out the burial bell? There the dagger was, just a couple feet from his neck. She's gonna kill him. She was gonna kill him. The battle was over. And once I finish with you, Falcontum rats, I will return to my island to finally break reality. There is a boom. An unseen force blasted from Skull White's crow's nest and knocked Nikita's dagger from its path. The dagger clatters to the ground. Dread! Nikita swings around the mast, landing on the pole, holding herself up by the rope. What the hell was that? Nikita stares up at Skull White. It was stopped still in the water as the osprey continued moving. The captain eyed over Skull White. What happened to that ship? Then she looked higher to the crow's nest. In it was Griffin, Baggio, and Howland. Her eyes widened. They better know what they're doing. Nikita dropped from the rope, gliding down with her good arm. Crew, turn the cannons to the ogres. Skull White's busy. She kicked an ogre in the head as she landed on its shoulders. The ogre reaches up to grab onto her, but suddenly a dagger pierces from behind its head through its eye. The camera blurs as we see Billy Dean with his slingshot in the background. The ogre fell to his knees and then his belly as Nikita jumped off to face the rest of the ogres on the ship. The ogres look scared and confused, backing up into a pile in the center of the deck. They kept moving their eyes to Skull White. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. Your captain's a bit busy. But no worries, boys. Nikita steps forward as Illibark lands on her shoulder with her sword covered in blood. He hands it off to her. Mommy will give you plenty of attention. The ogres look to one side of the ship and see the cannons aimed at them. They look to the other side of the ship and see the other cannons being aimed at them. Parley? Not on my ship. It's almost as if a wind and energy just cascade outwards from the bell everywhere. The wind stops. You see on the ocean, the water goes still. Both the osprey and the skull white pass each other without any movement. And Baggio, that perception that you rolled, it was pretty low, but I will give you this. You see Thug Rock falter as he turns back, looking around at his ship. There is a rattle as the bones snap, pull back, come together again. And it's like the Transformer scenes in the movies. (laughs) They all seem to like get pulled apart and they're scanning and going back and forth and there's a bunch of different sounds as the bones clatter against each other and there's grinding. And you see the ogres just running back and forth on the ship before they all... Jump, jump, jump and they all start to jump off the ship as we see Thug Rock turning around 
Ogus! Ogus! For a moment, it looks like he's going to jump as well, but then he just slowly walks down his ship, and he looks at every part of the ship as it's moving before the bone underneath him start to crack again, and you see the actual ship, the actual deck that he's standing on, is a giant mouth, and the jaws open underneath him as he looks up at all three of you, as he finally sees you. Bagel's waving at him. I... I lost. I lost, but it, it seems so unfair. Howland is just looking at him, grinning, just like... I'm the captain now. <laughs> I am the captain. Griffin is standing like a soldier. He goes to salute the rock. <laughs> yeah. And as he takes his hand off his, I guess, chest, and then he goes to the flip-off of Thug Rock. Oh, it's a salute and then the flip-off. Howland is just standing with his arms out on the crow's nest, just... It's mine. Oh, my God. It's all mine. I see. The burial bell. I, I should have kept that. And Howland telepathically to the beaver is just... There are no survivors. <laughs> Kill everyone. <laughs> Anything that hits the water... Kill it. Oh. We cut to the beaver in the water as the beaver sees the ogres swimming towards shore, and we see the beaver's eyes black like doll's eyes as it swims underneath the ogres, and the camera raises above the water as we see the ogres trying to swim towards shore, and one by one they get pulled under. Oh. We cut back to Thug Rock, who looks and watches as the ogres get pulled under the water. He looks back at all three of you. He grabs his hat, pulls it off. He pulls the hat off, reaches into it, does his back to Griffin. <laughs> he flips him off again. <laughs> yeah, him and Griffin start having a flip-off battle, doing it in different ways. He's doing the trumpet like Jim Carrey. like. <laughs> They're doing the thing from Suicide Squad where they're they're just doing that at each other, just like fucking. Oh, it's the GTA Five taunt where <laughs> yeah, they're jerking off yeah. at each other. That's insane. He takes his hat off. You see him now. He is very fucking big. His fingers are large, and he has three on each hand. He's got a beard, and it looks like there's tendrils from his troll hair that just go down to his belly button. The flag of his own ship is what he has over his back. And in that moment, he takes off his very large hat. There's a feather in it. He takes out the feather, tosses it into the water, watches it as it floats on for a little bit. And he looks back up at all three of you, and he says, Alas, a true pirate always plays unfair. And a true captain goes down with their ship. And as the jaws underneath him of the deck open up, he jumps down into the belly of the ship. We see piles of bones as they all reach up with skeletal hands and they grab at Thug Rock. All of these bones, all of these fallen enemies that Thug Rock has once defeated are now pulling him down under. Back away, you bags of bones. You can't touch me. I'm the king of the pirates. He just sinks into the bones. When reality breaks, you will see me again. And I will be a
he is gone. Howland looking at Griffin and Baggio. It's quite poetic. Quite literally swallowed by the very thing he created. Exactly. It almost writes itself. Staying in there for a little while ought to teach him a lesson. Yes. <laughs> it certainly will. We cut to the Osprey as all of the surviving Osprey stare up at this ship that you are on top of. All of them seem to have their mouths agape in disbelief. One of the Osprey steps up. You see Billy Dean stare up, still holding his eye as he finally says, We... we did it! We won! We won! And the entire crew of the Osprey start to cheer. You hear the crowd as they're roaring for the battle being over and for the battle being won. From the crow's nest, though, Griffin, Baggio, and Howland. You see a harpoon. And they harpoon us back to the ship. <laughs> Fire the cannons. Fire every. <laughs> you guys are on the crow's nest, and you stare down into the large mouth of the ship that you're on, the skull white, as the mouth opens and closes, like it's trying to catch and figure out its own body again. What you hear is an amalgamation of thousands of voices as they all say at the same time, Thank you. Uh, chills. <laughs> chills is all I got. Have you seen that meme? And it's Joey from Friends. And he's sitting there smiling, but then there's like a version of him and he's like... Where his eyes just widen. <laughs> yeah, it's buggy. <laughs> when it starts talking, <laughs> <laughs> Howland looking down at all of it, he's like, it was never anything personal. At the end of the day, it was just business. <sighs> With Thug Rock out of the way, this will make my future a lot less complicated. So does that mean all the Osprey that died on the ship, are they back to life too? Yes. Part of the ship, part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. Part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> and if I were this ship, I wouldn't thank me just yet. Uh... Is this ship still intact, but now it's a, a living thing? Yeah, now it's alive, yeah. Okay, so the bones don't go back to their individual... No, because I assume that it's been so messed up for so long, it's all separated. It's like a giant amalgam. So now you got a beaver and a ghost ship. Yeah. That's sick. Did our ship just talk? Uh, what, what happens to the ship now? I've got an idea. How long does it stay... Alive, Howland, or does this spell last forever? Mm, you didn't worry. Ah, it's not going to be alive for too much longer. I am going to use this little ship to secure our deal with the Osprey. I think their ship is in uh, dire need of repair, but we'll get to that in due time. Just pointing his finger, Howland points to the Osprey ship. I'm going to say this Skull White just starts taking off, getting ready to dock next to the Osprey ship. You know, I, I didn't always... You know, I'm still mad how you handled fighting Thug Rock back there in the cave. Baggio could have died. Yes. And yet... He didn't. I might not always agree with your ways. And I'm sure we'll butt heads in the future. But I was not expecting this. And for that, I thank you. I seldom make mistakes, Griffin. 
But I can promise you I've always got a plan. And what happened with Vagia was certainly, albeit rare, it was a mistake. And I don't plan on letting anything like that happen again anytime soon. I appreciate it, Alan. Because at the end of the day, I, I mean, whether you like it or not, we are. We're a damn good team. And we're best friends, Bagio pops up between the two of you and puts his arm over both <laughs> your shoulders. In that moment, can we all turn back to normal? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I can close my eyes. I'm gonna say hugging Howland though, you're you're gonna get cold pretty quick. <laughs> the Muppet face goes away. You shrink down to your normal height. To my normal size of six feet tall. I mean unless you wanted to stay a six foot nine. Not yet. <laughs> Bagio, you become visible. Griffin, the chest part disappears. Kyle falls to your feet in the crow's nest, including all of your supplies. Bagio, you I almost forgot how good you look. You got a pretty sick scar, dude. That's gonna be a, a hell of a story. What? Bagio's like turning and trying to look at his own shell. <laughs> uh we'll, we'll we'll get a picture to you eventually. Here, just look at Howland snaps his fucking neck, just turns his head around. Yeah, like that. <laughs> look, you can see it. Oh. Griffin lends a hand out to Howland to shake. Baggio Pogfaces seeing the two of them getting along. Howland reaches his hand out, shakes Griffin's hand. You should know with everything I do, Griffin, I mitigate risks. And I mitigate risks to myself. And people I consider to be quite dear. I wouldn't say I'm a gambling man. And as I said, what happened with Baggio didn't pay off the way I wanted it to. But it's always for a reason. And you can't argue with my results. You guys park next to the Osprey in this skull-white bone ship. On board, you see... The remnants of the Osprey isn't exactly the best turn of phrase because not a lot of them died, but they're still members on the shore and there are still people on the ship. As you approach and you get close to the ship and you step off the ship, do you guys go onto the Osprey or are you just... Yes. Yeah. You get onto the Osprey and all of the crewmates seem to just automatically applause Everyone seems to be just clapping. Even Billy Dean comes up to you, Baggio, the person that you threw off the ship in the first place, gives you a big hug, and you see that his eye has been gouged out. Ooh. You say that, and he goes, Oh, no, no worries, no worries. I, I'm going to get a sick eye patch. It's going to be real sick. You're going to get a lot of ladies with that. We'll see about that. But everyone is just congratulating you and thanking you for doing this huge, amazing thing. I know we haven't really talked about it. In fact, you see Captain Nikita Castor with Illibark Sly on her shoulders as she just, with rose gold energy, part ways between everybody, the crowd in front of you, as she comes walking up between you guys and she says, Well, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it myself. You really don't know what you guys did today. This was a win. And she pats you on the back, Howlin'. Humankind will remember you. Mm. Howland looks painfully uninterested, and Howland um, rolls his eyes when she says that. I just imagine he's like, oh, they'll remember me, but not for this. 
somebody call an ambulance, <laughs> but, but not, not for, for me. me. <laughs> All right, what do I? Uh, I'm gonna cast acid splat. No. <laughs> is she? Who is the? Who's the captain here? Nikita. I thought it was. Uh... Jam was the first mate. Okay. Well, Captain, we're always delighted to help, but I think I would like to renegotiate our contract with you if you have the time. Illabark <laughs> <laughs> looks up at Captain Nikita Castor with almost like worried eyes, but her smile turns into a smirk and she says, It could be possible, but you signed a contract for 142. 143rd of the treasure of Thog Rock's legacy. I don't know what more you could want from this. Well, I wouldn't try to change my contract if I didn't have something to bring to the table here. And fortunately for you, I have a bargaining chip of sorts. And not only that, but our contributions to your little crusade here have been... The opposite of minimal, to put it quite lightly. Maximal. <laughs> Fuck you! To say it frankly, Captain, if it wasn't for us, you would never crew, and you would be dead. So considering what I have already done, I have gone far and beyond my contract. My contributions have been more than anyone on your crew, and I'm still bringing something to the table. I have Thug Rock, shit. A lot more people could die. But what sense would that make? I'm here to do business. And business I do. Do you want to roll a persuasion or an intimidation? Persuasion? I, well, let me see which one is higher for me. Well, let's do persuasion with advantage then. Where is... Eh. Okay, 17. She thinks about it, and I want you to understand that Nikita, with her long red hair, she's got an eye patch with a gold rose literally on it, and she's got a captain's hat. She's not one to take intimidation factors. She's been in a lot of battles, and she's not really walked out with any scars. So, But when she thinks about it, she smiles a little bit, looks you in the eyes, and with a sparkle, she says, Well, what do you three want? If you want to, and she puts up air quotes, renegotiate. A third each. What did our original contract promise gold-wise? One forty-third. Depending on how many people actually survived, a handful of Osprey died. So that contract will change a little bit based off of how many people actually split it up. Don't do it, Helen. There are going to be certain things in the treasure that you can like be like, this is what I want from the treasure. Or you could just be like, I want a lot of fucking gold. Depending. I do have an actual number of gold. I do have things in the treasure. But also I want to reiterate, Howland had this thought process that there was something more on the island that the Osprey wasn't talking about. Um, Which I'm wondering if that's something that you're about to negotiate here or have a thought process or whatever. But after she says, like, what do you want, basically... We cut to inside of her office, and Illabark is still on her shoulders before she gets down to her desk, and he jumps off of her shoulders, scales away onto the walls and into the rafters above, and she turns around with her boots on the table, and she says, So, 
Let me hear from all three of you, then. What do you actually want? I doubt it's gold if you can turn a ship like that into something like... Well, with that. So tell me, what are you boys in for? Unfortunately, in the world that we live in today, gold is a very precious commodity. And while I don't personally value it that much myself, I do need it. So for starters, I think double our original negotiated amount for all three of us, after the gold gets calculated in accordance with how many of your crew are dead, is my first big ask. Secondly, I would like to go back to the island, and I would like to personally rummage with my two companions here through Thug Rock's giant mound of treasure and take something of uh, my choosing. And I would like both of my companions to be able to do the same. And then, whatever both of them want. And if you can give me that, I can... Well, let's just say that I can give your ship a bit of a wow factor. And beyond that, I think I could make your ship maybe the most unstoppable vessel in this entire... Kadrid. Was any of that a lie? No, I actually can't do that. Okay. You see Illabark's hand come from the ceiling as he places down a piece of paper into Nikita's open hand as she reads over what he had just written down, which is what you just said that you wanted. She looks over it for a second, and then she looks to you, Griffin, and she says, And you? Did you want similar, the same, different to what? I think that's a fair point. I think without all of us, the tides would have turned dramatically whether you want to admit it or not. Now, I don't want all the gold. I'm not that greedy. But I think all three of us has plans to better our lives with the gold. Don't we all? Yeah, I understand that. Baggio interrupts Griff, and he's like, sorry, Griff, I, I need to... And Baggio looks really nervous and worried, and he's like, all I want, other than for the needs of my two friends here to be fulfilled... All I want is a little bit of information from you. You've traveled the world. You're a pirate. You've sailed the seas. You've been in a lot of places, I assume. Every time you say something, she nods her head like she's gleeful about it. I need to know if and where in your travels you've seen any other turtles. She was drinking tea when uh, you said that. And when you ask that question, her eyes sparkle again, and she takes a gulp of the liquid inside. She turns to you, and she says, Now why would you want to know about where my turtles are? I mean, you're a turtle. Don't you know any more turtles like yourself? Every turtle that I've ever known, to my knowledge, were slain. I've never left my village until these past few years, and I've never once met another turtle. Good or bad, wherever they are, whoever they are, I'd like to meet them. Bargill, I'll tell you this. I don't know where any villages of turtles are, but the only other turtle I've seen was one. And he was a scoundrel, Bargill. I wouldn't want to go after him. I don't care. It's been so long since I've seen another of my kind. And I'm trying to rebuild something. 
I don't care how bad this guy is. I have to try to talk to him. Okay, Bog, yeah. Her hand goes up, and another piece of paper just falls from the ceiling from Illabark into her hand. Is this like a wanted poster of who I think it is? <laughs> she opens it up in front of you, and all three of you see a very cartoonish, ugly-looking turtle. And on the top of it, it says, Wanted, Dead. Bagio's taken aback by the dead part. And at the bottom of it, all it says is Dreadshell. <sighs> yes. Bagio says, may I have that? You sure can. I had him on the ship one time and he blew a fucking hole in the bottom of it to get out. He's uh, not someone I would want company with. The last time I saw him, and she pulls out a map of Eldrigadrid, last time I saw Dreadshell, it was right around here. And she points her finger down the map, and she follows from Margot's Pass outwards, like above Margot's Pass, like she goes a little bit more north on the map, and then she curves around it to where DeBarg was, but then she goes a little bit more east. And she says, I, I, I wanted to say we dropped him off right here, but truly he just jumped right through the fucking bottom of our ship. Uh, I can't really tell you if he's still there, but that's the last time we saw him. One would imagine him to be a very competent fighter, I would assume. Quite dangerous, no doubt. Competent, yes. Dangerous, yes. Friendly, no. I had the friendly part because when I first saw Bogio here, I thought... He was going to whoop my ass because the last time I saw a turtle was Dreadshell. <laughs> well, I can assure you, every turtle I've ever known has not been violent like that. But, again, I don't know what other turtle cultures exist out there. I don't know what this turtle has been through to make him so bitter, it would seem. Perhaps I can talk to him. Perhaps... You say that, and she fucking laughs, and she, like she actually spews tea out of her mouth, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, please tell." If you do that, one of you two, and she points at Griffin and Holland, come back and tell me how it went. I, I don't suppose he would be the one coming back to tell me how it went. <laughs> Howland is squinting at that like this bitch. Well, I'm not afraid to try. Well, I'll give you that. Most people who are idiots don't fear much because they don't know anything. It's true. I'll never abandon another turtle again. And Bagio takes the wanted poster, rolls it up, sticks it in the shell, turns around and walks to the other side of the ship to like look over the edge and just ponder. Howland raising an eyebrow, just... Griffin? I've been thinking. I do need an upgrade with my armor. What can you do for me? Hmm. She stands up and her chair like turns a little bit because she stands up really quickly and it swiftly turns. And she paces around you in a circle. The camera is on her shoulder. She's looking at you up and down. And she actually grabs the chess piece because that's the last thing that you made at Coral Castle. And she says, well, the chess piece ain't bad. Hmm. I would recommend doing a little bit of more of an upgrade on the pecs here. Did you add the nipples? You talking like Tim Burton Batman-style nipples on this arm? Yeah. Howland is just like going to whisper into Griffin's ear, just, No. 
Uh, no. Hmm. Okay. Do you want to keep the nipples? <laughs> no. I don't even know. What are we referencing here? I don't know. There's little nubs where your nipples would be. So people could see your little bird titties. <laughs> so I don't know if you want that, but I'd say no. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what. Give us a day. We can make you some good armor. If you come up with some type of design for us to make, we can make you some fucking kick-ass armor. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. As for double the gold, doubling it is a kind of hard. Can we just raise it? Can we add just another thousand gold to it? All three of you? Three thousand? One thousand each? One fifty. You're right. One thousand five hundred. Damn it. <laughs> She's like, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> 150 more final offer. You know what? We owe you a thousand gold. That's the new deal. We'll pay you. <laughs> Bago keeps going lower. She's like, I'll give you a thousand. Five hundred. <laughs> okay, I'll give you I'll give you five hundred. Nah, you ain't ripping me. Two fifty. <laughs> One thousand five hundred. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. And we're cool to go back to the island then and like Look around. Yeah. I do want to add, I should have brought this up in the beginning. Baguio, could you do me a favor? And could you check out your character sheet? Oh, okay. I'm on, I'm on there. Anything different you notice? No, what am I missing? Look at your armor class. Oh, 15. What was it before? It went down because of the crack, I assume. Yep. Okay. My shell's weaker now. I just wanted to give an actual consequence to what has happened. No, no, that's good. No, that's good. Damn. What was it, though? It was 17. What it was or what it should have been? I hate you. <laughs> He's a turtle. Should have been 21. Should have been 21. No, like, Eddie, like, actual rules of the game, it was should have been 21. DJ made me do 17. <laughs> Wait, why? Because he was starting at level one. I may have power gamed my AC just a smidge. I'm a monk and I'm a turtle. I get a shell. Yeah, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck you. 20 AC level one, suck me. It was 21, 21 AC. AC level one. Yeah, okay, suck me dry. <laughs> Give me like a fifth level spell at level one and you can have it. <laughs> Until that happens, suck me. <laughs> suck my fucking dick. Punish me for figuring it out. We're just min-maxing. Shut up. Trash. <laughs> I'll say I'm over, you know, looking over out into the ocean from the side of the ship here with the AC thing out to make that in-game. Boggy will be like, <sighs> he like rubs the back of his shell a little bit. He's like, <clears throat> and he like notices it's like loose a little bit. Howland is going to like motion to her. He's, he's like, is there anything you can do to fix that? Pointing at Baggio's shell. Oh, good grief. What fucking happened to his shell? Lightning. Oh, there's not a fucking cloud in the sky. How did that happen? Can you fix it? <laughs> <laughs> or not? Well, I mean, we don't really have, like, an actual doctor on the ship. Maybe we could, maybe we can't. We'll see what we can fucking do. Could your blacksmith put in a couple of rivets? <laughs> <laughs> Put in some fucking iron to hold that bitch together? I mean, maybe weld it? Flex you? A metal bar over the crack. I was thinking, like, metal-like ingots, like, clamping it in. She taps her chin a little bit. She smiles, looking off in the distance, and then she slowly goes back to you, make eye contact with you, and she goes, How about 3,000 gold? We could do something. Ah, 
piece of shit. <laughs> Never mind. Two thousand. Hmm. Roll of persuasion. Okay, hold on. Got a plan here. <laughs> you don't eat. <laughs> Two thousand gold, and I can fix your food rations for about the next year. Roll with advantage. Okay, yeah, a twenty and a fourteen. She reaches out a hand. Howland begrudgingly, clearly fake smile, just grabs her hand and shakes her hand. So how are you going to fix uh, this whole food ration thing? And I have an idea, and it's horrible. But continue. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. You will fix his shell. We will go back to the island and essentially get first dibs here. We will be paid what we are owed. I will reinvigorate your ship and I will fix your food rations. Is this sound? Oh, I think you're savvy. Lovely. Kicks open the door, puts his arm around the captain, and he's like, now your ship, very mighty indeed. Thug Rock ship, even fiercer. But imagine what you could be together. And Howland snaps his fingers, and Thugrock's ship starts disassembling, bolting itself onto the Osprey ship like a new shell, strengthening the fuck out of it, upgrading it, because now you've got what is essentially the Titanic layers of steel and iron, which is essentially being reinforced with a shit ton of bone. So the Osprey ship is now essentially wearing skull white as a suit of armor. And now for the... Last part of our deal. Yep. Yeah. Mm-mm. One second. Howland is going to call the beaver. Yep. And Howland is going to float down on the side of the ship. Yep. And land on the beaver. And Howland is rubbing its head and he's like, you know, I did miss you. Yep. But... <sighs> There's one more thing I need you to do for me. And Howland is going to touch his wand to the beaver's head. Die. Thank you. Whistle up top. Captain! Going to float up to the captain and point down. If you can haul that up with your crew, that should feed you till, uh, well, the next millennium. Now, if you don't mind, me and my companions need to get some rest, so... I'll leave you to the skinning and gutting. And he's gonna smack her on the shoulder and float off. I want your cat, by the way. Illabark is like, You want the war? The camera is on the Osprey as it starts heading towards the island. Is this... Real quick, is this a side mission, Dage? It's pretty much a side mission, right? No. That's part of the main arc? Yes. Thug Rock? Yes. Maybe if we got to the island, we'll understand next time. Howland looking over the dock of this ship, Howland notices Thugrock's pirate hat floating in the water. Howland is going to float down, and he's going to grab Thugrock's hat and dust it off, and he's going to float up to the crow's nest of the ship and just sit on the perch of the crow's nest, and without looking at Griffin, he's going to hand him Thugrock's hat and just... Sorry. Without looking at him. Offer him up Thug Rock's hat. Oh, the captain hat. For a real swashbuckler. <gasps> a pirate needs a hat. Bitch. <laughs> Griffin takes it, 
holds it with both hands and he looks down on it. He starts to smile, but he's just like... You're excited, but you're smiling. Yeah. Eyes are getting a little bit watery because... Like, the first time Griffin probably actually felt like a leader in that he didn't let his crew down since what happened to Smoke. And Griffin, eyes are starting to water, and he, he blinks. Like, Helen's on one side, the tear comes down the other. Thank you for everything, Helen. I'm going to cherish all the memories we've made to this point and hope for many more. And Griffin grabs the hat. He pokes two holes in the top for his ears and puts it on, wipes the brim of it, and flicks it. Also, when the camera pans over to Boggio, he's wearing a bandana. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like pirate style, he's wearing a pirate's bandana. Boggio, you got a fucking peg leg out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's got the hook hand. He's like, Yarg, motherfucker. Yarg, I'm ready for this shit. <laughs> Ahoy! Yeah! Bago's wearing a bandana and he's saluting Griffin. Oh, yeah, Captain. Cheers. <laughs> as the camera zooms out from the ship, it's rotating around the crow's nest as the sails set towards Skullcap Island. And the camera cuts. It's gone a fucking journey, boys. Yay!